The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. It is Justin Barkley. And yes, this is the Blaze. Well, technically. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, and I'm Justin, as I said. I've been filling in the last couple of days, having a good time. I enjoy it. I got to tell you, man, it has been... Uh, it has been a fun time. With so many people I get a chance to do this every now and then, I guess. And it's been a long time since I've been on the Blaze, but every now and then I get a chance to see some of the folks on Twitter and, of course, some of the folks in the Facebook group. If you haven't joined that Facebook group, Pat Gray uh, Facebook group, say hey to everybody. There is a frenzy. There is a fuming debate happening right now. Um, when it comes to stuffing or dressing, stuffing or dressing, what do we call it? I I apologize because I think I started this and I don't want to distract us from the important issues. Like, should we really put the Christmas decorations and the Christmas lights uh, up first before Thanksgiving? Or is it, hey, wait, let's do Thanksgiving first. Right? Those are the important. I feel like those are the important issues anyway. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, that conversation happening right now, you can weigh in, too. Tweet me at Mr. Justin Barclay. You can do that. Uh, also, uh, on the emails, justin at justinbarclay.com, J-U-S-T-I-N-B-A-R-C-L-A-Y. Uh, and then 888-900-3393 is the number where you can join in and join the conversation at any moment in time. Man, we have a jam-packed show for you today. I was just looking at this, and um, I went, like, full full out for you. It's my kind of gift to you and to say thank you uh, uh, for putting up with me over the last couple of days. <laughs> uh, coming up, good friend and a good man, Jonathan Dunn, Freedom's Disciple, of course, uh, probably one of my favorite Irishmen, and he's like legitimately from Ireland. But you know, the the funny thing is, I think he'd rather live here. Um, good dude, he's got a lot to say, and we'll talk to Jonathan coming up today. Uh, joining us more, by the way, I can't. I mean, it's like trying to keep up again, drinking out of a, a freaking uh, fire hose with this deal. But uh, every day there's a new accusation there's a new allegation and boy the lid has just been uh it's come off the storm continues to swirl al franken um john conyers by the way i don't know if you saw the big the big update on the uh on snl all these former snl cast members came out and said we've got al franken's back there is some polling information out of the state of minnesota that indicates Al Franken taking a bit of a hit. Some people might even want to see that guy step down. We'll talk to a uh, a friend of Franken's, a Franken friend. Uh, but she's also uh, a very interesting person, and i got to tell you, um, it'll be an honor. It'll be a pleasure. It'll be a privilege 
to talk to Victoria Jackson, former SNL cast member, uh, again, coming up here later on, second hour of the show. So we've got you covered, like, from, from every single angle, if we can today. We'll just dial in, and we'll get right after it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here because I've got a technical issue that I just need to try and resolve. Uh, if you guys can hear me, for some reason, I don't hear myself. So I don't know if I'm on or not. Yeah, so we're going to try and fix that on my end. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get Jonathan on the horn all the way from Ireland. So chances are, and you know how this is, um, we'll be able to, to link up across the globe and go to Jonathan and, and have him on pr- find no problem, but I won't be able to hear myself in the, <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's probably pilot error. It's probably my fault. Um, but I don't see what, yeah, it might be gremlins too. You know, those damn things, they get into everything in this time of year. You're just not supposed to feed them after midnight is the problem, right? And then that's what we've done. We've created this issue. So triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. You can jump on the phone and join us. We'll uh, fix this issue. We'll be back right with you and Jonathan next. It's Justin in for Pat Gray Unleashed. This is the place. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Radio Network. All right, so uh, for everybody back at the Blaze, uh, I don't know if this has anything to do with it. Music is heavy, uh, and the 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 like uh, cool announcer voice said, "Hey, Pat's coming back, everybody." Uh, she's low. I don't know. We're trying to get through the. Uh, we're trying to figure out the technical. It's it's really weird. And you guys know we did two days, and we were having we were we were totally cool. And now we don't have Jonathan. <laughs> Keep me posted. I just sent him a number to call. So you, we are going. We're going to Ireland. So you know, that could be. <laughs> I that could be part of it, right? Going all the way out to Ireland. Ugh. Yeah, you got to cross the. Yeah, got to cross the sea a little bit. You got an issue there. Yeah, there's a little bit of a yeah. No, there's. I don't want to. It's not translation. It's not that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, no. It has to. The the signal has to go all the way out, and come back. That's the fun part. <laughs> so how do you deal? By the way, because we got Thanksgiving coming up. Tomorrow we're whether you call it dressing or stuffing. It doesn't matter, right? You've got you got to deal with the family members. <laughs> you have to deal with the family. And it's fun already getting together with family, right? You don't have any issues, do you? When you deal with your family? No, me neither. Um can I play can I play some of this? I don't know. I can't hear that. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> Love to eat. 
Oh, Thanksgiving wouldn't be right without it. That clapping's messing my head up, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. But I was, was trying to think of the next line. I'm like, all I hear is clapping. Here we go. Turkey for me, turkey for you. Let's eat the turkey in my big brown shoe. Love to eat the turkey at the table. I once saw a movie with Betty Grable. Eat that turkey all night long. All right, that's enough, Adam. You get the point. The point is tomorrow's going to be it's tough when you're with the family anyway, but you throw politics on top of you're talking turkey. Now you're talking politics. You might even talk Trump a little bit. Yeah, right. Stephanie Michelle joins us right now. She's a communication and relationship communications expert in the field. Do you talk to politics on holidays or can you, in fact, do it without? I hate I hate to say that. I think we should be able to talk about everything. Stephanie, got some tips for us? Welcome in. Absolutely. So the, the first thing that we got to do is address the communication elephant in the room by just setting an intention for a meaningful gathering by reaching out to people that are coming to the dinner and just saying, hey, what can we do to make this better? Like, we need a break from this, like, soundbite debating and, you know, the intensity and how we're responding to some of these news stories. We really need a break from it. So setting an intention with people to say, hey, I'm going to build in some things into the event that make it safe, you know, that there's safe communication happening. Um, for instance, encouraging everybody to bring a dish that has a story behind it. So we get into, like, storytelling about past memories, you know, family dishes kind of thing, wear something that has a meaning, and really lean into the gratefulness of the season. Like, I love the idea of gaming that. Like, so setting a timer and having everybody go around the dinner table and say, one, uh, for the food, two, for my health, and, like, kind of getting competitive with each other, trying to break the record from the year to year, doing it again after Mm. you might get into some tough conversations. But you know, have some fun with some safe communication and, and sandwich that in, sandwich the tough stuff in between that so there's breaks in it if you're going to go there, if you're going to have the tough political conversation. I, uh, yeah, and, and the other thing is, if you're, uh, if you're watching the football, like here in Michigan, we get the Lions. <laughs> Uh, in Lions yeah. fans, it's a tough day for us anyway. <laughs> so you may you may want to try and have that meal earlier, uh, and then and then uh, you know because it I mean if the Lions lose, it could go bad. You know uh, those conversations can turn. But I one thing I, I have found is that if you have got something to uh, rally, as you were talking about very positively, Stephanie is in uh, rallying together. Uh, united in a common uh, goal and in a cause. Uh, I, I like to rally against things, and a lot of times that's actually the Lions. We like to rally against them, especially in the fourth quarter when they're losing. You know, <laughs> you can have a common common enemy every now and then. But these are good. These are good ideas. Um, we've done that. We've gone around the room. We've like everybody's kind of said what they're thankful for, kind of thing. You know. Um, how much does alcohol, I have to, let's just be real, how much does alcohol play a role in this? It, you know, alcohol heats things up. 
And, and if you yeah. know that happens in your family, like I don't recommend taking it off the table. That's going to create a I lot mean, more. Oh, yeah. Probably. There's there's a lot more but friction there, yeah. Yeah. But I do like the idea of like paying attention to the sequence of when it's served. So maybe doing some fun like signature cocktail at the beginning of, you know, before dinner. It takes a little time to serve and serve it in smaller portions and do some fun kind of waters. You, know, you could put mint or cucumber in it at the dinner table to just taste it a little bit if that is a problem in your family. You know, not everybody has the same experience, but you know, if you feel like that's a problem in your family, try to do it differently than you've done in the past. Stephanie, if I try to say, honey, honey, time for the cucumber water. Put the wine down. I'm, I'm, I might get punched. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you gotta, I mean, maybe you offer it, maybe you throw it out there, but, uh, yeah, man, it can really be tough. What are some of the weirdest or the, some of the, uh, some of the, some of the horror stories that you've heard from people getting together? Well, you know, the, the horror stories are that we leave unhappy and angry at each other. And, and the challenge, I think, is mm. not, necessarily just the political climate it's the habits that we have online of quick debating and the like fast food relating of just gossiping and trying to prove a point we've got to get away from trying to persuade someone to think a different way you know that's that's not working we need influence and connection with each other to allow that to happen and we're all out of practice we're all out of practice we're doing way too much online or texting to have these meaningful conversations where we actually get to know each other. So it, it requires a little bit of exercise. You know, the, the horror stories are just going away angry and not even trying and trying something different is definitely what we need right now. Stephanie Michelle is a relationship communication specialist, certified behavioral analyst. And Stephanie, before I let you go, how much does listening have to do with us just getting together and, and, and enjoying each other's company? Oh, it's so, so important. And I'm going to give you two really good things to do around listening. Um, mirroring. There's a, a, a tactic called mirroring where you actively repeat back what the other person says and then go, did I get that right? That will calm things down, too, because often we just want to be heard. So we in other words, heard and we'll... so in other words, you just kind of yeah. you repeat back to them what they just said. And, and uh, is that right? Yeah, and, and and then ask a question just like that. Did I get that right? Did I, get that? Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I was just making sure I got it. Okay, that was good. I like you that. You got it. You're listening. Look uh, at that. <laughs> anything else? Yeah, and then the other thing is when things do get heated, again, somebody wants to just be heard, and often they'll get more fierce with their delivery until that message, they know the message is mm-hmm. delivered. Mm-hmm. So just looking at somebody, making eye contact, maybe a soft touch on the on the hand, and saying, hey, Uncle Bob, I heard you. I understand why you have that perspective. You know, empathy is not endorsement. So we can say to each other, we hear you without having to agree on everything. That way you don't choke on the turkey while you're there, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Stephanie Michelle, thanks so much for being here with us. Stephanie Michelle, a relationship communication specialist, certified behavior analyst. Always a pleasure. We appreciate you. Thank you. You're welcome. And a happy Thanksgiving, too, by the way. I mean, I feel like that's important. How much should I use this today? I feel like I like that turkey sound effect. It's going down right now in the uh, Facebook group, Pack Ray Unleashed, as we speak. Uh, dressing not looking good. This would indicate, though, uh, Mark Watkins did this the other day. He said, uh, being from Kentucky, I was raised Southern. We always had turkey and dressing. How about you? 
So right now, st- the co- the options are stuffing, dressing, don't care what you call it, as long as you call me for dinner. I like that. And then somebody added a neither, which that's just no fun. What kind of party pooper would say neither? You kidding me? Come on. I was very tempted, though, to go with don't care what you call it as long as you call me for dinner. Although I stood my ground with dressing. And right now we're we're losing. Dressing, folks, we're losing. 39 uh, votes for stuffing, 25 for dressing, and then 13 for uh, don't, ca- what, don't, don't care what you call it. So there you go. I mean, it's a wide range. It's a, it's a wide range. Hey, guys, do we have Jonathan on the phone? He's telling me he's on hold. Is that, is that right? Bablaze, folks, can you hear me? Because I don't know. Maybe I can't hear. Oh, hang on. Can I hear you guys now? Well, maybe... There you go. Oh, he is here. Say that one more time. Perfect. Got you now. We just I'm I'm pushing buttons over here trying to make sure I got. I think we're all set up now, guys. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jonathan. Hello, hello, my friend. How are you? Jonathan Dunn is on the phone with us. Hey, brother. How you doing? There you go. See now, now I'm getting it. I've got the delay now. We're going from here. I am in Michigan. This is going down to Dallas. Then Dallas is going to shoot this back to you out in Ireland. You're going to come back through to, from Ireland into Dallas, and then it's going to come back to Michigan. I feel like we could. This is almost like going to the moon and back. It <laughs> kind of feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't technology and, uh, wonderful? And, you know, and honestly, th- this worked fine. Just me being able to hear myself in my own microphone earlier was not was not working. I I, I got to tell you, man. I uh, it's an honor to talk to you. you the show you do. Uh, give everybody a uh, heads up that they're probably because they hear you. And every time I listen, man, I'm hearing you uh, on your promos. You're talking on the air. And it's like, so, you know, people are going to recognize the voice. They recognize the name Jonathan Dunn. They should recognize it. I don't know many other Irish people on the blaze very often. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm the token Irish person, you know, in, in a world that's gone PC crazy, I meet a quota on the blaze. That, that's the that's the truth. That's, that's the only reason I'm here. I'm not sure well, what quota it is, but uh, I'm here to fill a quota. You know, the other thing, too, is this thing about accents. And I don't know if you guys had the same thing, but as far as it is over here, like in America, if, we, if there's something with an accent, we tend to like uh, give it more credibility. Oh, British accent. Oh, he must be smart. You know what I mean? There must be. Uh, so what? So I don't know if you guys have the same sort of. Do you have that same sort of? Like I don't even. That's not a bad thing. It's a stereotype, but I guess it's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's always interesting because um, you know, obviously, I do a podcast, so you never get to see me unless you know you go actively look for me. I never forget. When I started doing this, um, I met someone for the first time in the States. And this person said, I've always I followed your work. I've read your writing. I've, I've heard you on radio. Huh. You look totally different to how I imagined you. <laughs> and she said it in such a way that it wasn't like, oh, my God, you're so much better looking. No, it was more like she was kind of disappointed. <laughs> At least she didn't get that. Hey, you got so. a face for radio kind of thing, which is, you know. That's well, I, I I I fell just shy of it. So, um, but yeah, no, it's 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 an honor to be here. Um, and uh, you know, all I am is a is an empty accent. So it uh, looks so dreadful, but the accent is there and the brain is there. So, now you were just over here too so, with a big tour. 
Yeah, I was I was on vacation. Uh, it feels like forever since I've been there. I was over there in September for three and a half weeks. I had, a, had an amazing time. Um, uh, sixteen different presentations in twenty four days in eight different states. So I got a I got a I got my free massage pretty much in a lot of uh, airports by the TSA. They're always so nice. They always give you a nice pat down on the rubs. You know, I always appreciate that. It's free as well. Um, I got to I got to look like a criminal in every airport. Do you know that the the, the machine that that annoyed oh, me oh god uh, yeah i get that thing and like the pose you have to do it's like that it's yeah. like put your hands up you know i'm innocent um yeah. but on a serious note it was awesome your people are still amazing um you're you're still so open and you're still so optimistic you're still so nice regardless of your politics i know when we talk you know i we I have to talk politics sometimes. Obviously, the Blaze talks a lot of politics. You get to see the divisions, um, left, right, and stuff on the ground. Um, if you weren't talking politics, everyone was nice. I didn't see any racial divide. I didn't see. Obviously, there were the issues with the the KKK and they're re- rearing their head again. But you know, on the ground, everyone was still nice. People were still yeah. friendly. It, it was great to see. Well, isn't that the truth, though? I mean, most of the stuff we see is all the- it's all theater. It's all theatrical. It's done to divide us. Uh, right now, I was thinking about this earlier, uh, while there are real issues, and there are real issues uh, uh, with race in, in pockets and places, uh, in 2017, it's much better than it ever was. Um, it, it's much better uh, than it ever was um, if you look at the, the just, just men and women and relationships together. However, right now, we're seeing the unraveling. The storm that we're watching on the media and the news Man, it looks like it's the worst it's ever been. But I got to tell you, I watched a, a documentary. I'm in, I'm in the middle of it. I had to pause it last night. It's about a woman who um, was an actress. I believe it's called, oh, I'm going to have to look it up, but I think it was girl number, girl 27 or something like that. Okay, so this is a woman at the time of Hollywood coming up. Um. MGM owned everything, and of course, they controlled, all the studios controlled Hollywood and Los Angeles and all that, and they they basically ran things, so uh, newspapers, the law, you know, police, everything was corrupted. This documentary, Girl 27, is about this woman who was raped, and, and, and by the way, she was alive at the time they did this documentary until I think about 2003 is when this thing was done. Um, Patricia Douglas was her name. And when you went back and, and looked up the story, the man who wrote this book uh, and, and eventually did this, uh, this, this documentary couldn't find anything in the papers. They couldn't, he couldn't dig up any information about this, uh, this woman who was raped. And there was no prosecution. It was buried in the news. Uh, this story is absolutely uh, heartbreaking. And you hear about this. Uh, that's not the world we live in today. Uh, we've come a long way, but boy, when you hear about some of these stories, uh, man, it just, it, it really, it, it's tragic. The reality of, uh, of, of the way life, life was at one point. Jonathan, you there? Yes, yeah, sir. I thought we, I heard the music. I thought we were going into a break. I'm sorry. Oh, are we? You got music. Me. Oh. You're, you yeah, got me. Stop. So I'm sorry. Okay. No, <laughs> I, you're I, all, you're I all right. Gone. 
Um, no, absolutely. You're... You know, we you know we have to we have to admit things. So, is the world perfect right now? No, absolutely not. There are horrific problems that we need to deal with. We also have to understand that we're living in a time where old enemies are, are rising their ugly head, both in America and the rest of the world, and um, mm. specifically the KKK, the white nationalists, and the rise of nationalism and populism. Um, that what I always try and focus in on on that aspect is America has the answers and the, the, the choices that America has right now is do you choose the principles that made you exceptional or do you choose the way of the rest of the world um, what you're going to see is the world is going and I include America in this where you're not seeing people as a person anymore you're not seeing a human heart you're seeing a label and you're seeing this whether it's a whether you're looking at going oh you're black you can't be like this or, or you're a man or you have white privilege or whether it's a class system or whether it's based on politics um, the world has always seen that and divided on that label America is the exact opposite it was based Jonathan on Dunn freedom's disciple hang on one second my friend we're going to talk to you we continue next I want to dig into that we'll talk about the the truth and of course the real solutions that you can put to work today when we come back quick break Justin Barkley and for Pac Ray along with the gremlins the technical issues totally not our fault today guys all the gremlins will fire them up though back right after this Pat Gray the Blaze Radio Network Unleashed. Hey, Justin Barkley back in for Pat Gray today. Unleashed. It is the blaze. You can get to meet Justin at justinbarkley.com on Twitter at Mr. Justin Barkley. And of course, AAA 93393. All the kinks have been worked out right now. We're on with Jonathan Dunn. Uh, Jonathan Freedom's Disciple. Uh, so, so where can people find you? I just want to make sure that people can find you and uh, they know where to go uh, uh, normally when they're going to listen to your show. Sure. Well, all my work is on freedomsdisciple.com and the Blaze show that I do, it's once a week, every Saturday. It's free. You can listen anytime. It's on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music or Stitcher. If you look up Freedoms Disciple or I'm on Twitter at Freedom Disciple because um, Twitter only has one freedom, not freedoms. So Twitter's bad. But yeah, if you engage with me, um, I love hearing from you um, and uh, love, love just discussing the issues of the day with everyone. You know, the best people here at the Blaze, the best folks, not only inside the organization, but the folks that uh, that make this all happen, make it all work, the the, the folks that are listening right now, um, you know, that's the fun thing about doing these shows, and I know you found that, too. There's just something special. Uh, even inside that special thing that is America, these are kind of like the people, and you say it's the Blaze, but really kind of the spark that keeps it all, all, all moving and, and keeps it alive. Oh, absolutely. The, I, I say this all the time. The, the Blaze audience, um, whether it's from Glenn all the way down to the, the small shows like me, the, the, we're not. it's not a, a, a speaker audience. Listen, this is all family. Um, when I, sp- I have 
got personal relationships with a lot of people who listen to me and I know people who listen to Glenn. They're my family. They're my friends and they're really amazing people. And we're like a, we're, it's really like a town hall or a big, big, big Thanksgiving table that, you know, using the, the time of year. And we're just sitting around having a discussion about the issues of the day. And we may agree, we may disagree, but at the end of the day, we we're, we know where our heart is and we're trying to make a, you know, a better, better tomorrow. And you just look at all the work that the Blaze audience has done. And, um, you know, I was talking to my mother the other day about Operation Underground Railroad and what the Glenn and Dem have teamed up. And I was like, he's just announced he wants to raise 25 million um, for to rescue the Christians from the Middle East. And my mother went, what? 25 million? He'll, he'll right. never do that. Your boss is on steroids. He's lost it. And I was like, well, it's not that far. He raised 18 million. His audience raised 18 million in eight months last year. And she went, wow. And I went, that's what you're part of. So we can agree whether you like Trump or dislike Trump or like the Republicans, or dislike Tr- Republicans. The one thing about us is we're a family and we're all trying to make the world a better place. And I don't see any other audience coming together to rescue Christians from the Middle East. I don't see any other audience um, doing what we're doing with sex slavery. This is not me or you. This is the audience. And it's not people who are sending in like $100,000 or, you know, the big donors. These are $10, $20, $30 donations. And I'm so honored to be part of this family and to be able to I'm only playing a small part but just to be able to say yeah we're part of this family it's just amazing Jonathan you know uh, Jonathan Dunn joins us right now uh, Freedom Disciple and uh, uh, the Irishman on the blaze the the, the, the blaze is Irish our token Irishman as he said earlier uh, let me ask you man and you, do you guys have any I mean Thanksgiving's kind of unique here with Canada has like a Thanksgiving sort of day is there a day like that in uh, in Ireland? Do you guys have anything that, that's – I mean, and I, obviously it wouldn't be for the same reasons that we have Thanksgiving historically, but uh, do you have anything that lines up with that? No. Um, so what that's we why have you want to come over Patrick's here is for the food. Okay, sure, yeah, yeah, um, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's funny. It's it's you know, your history is so amazing. There's one part of Thanksgiving which I, I don't think I could ever see me celebrating. And it's a historical reference. And if you understand the Irish weather, you'll get this. I don't ever see me being thankful and thanking God for rain. I, if you know, honestly, because I've seen so much in my lifetime, I think I've seen my quota of rain. I'm, I, I don't ever see a time in my life where I'm going, gee, God, it's raining. Thank you so much. Um, when you consider that was one of the first celebrate, it was the second Thanksgiving in America. They celebrate for rain and um, because they had a drought. Uh, I'd um, just I never see myself thanking me thanking anyone for rain because Ireland's always raining. Um, but no, we don't have that. We have St. Patrick's Day, which everyone knows, and it's not be it's become uh, just a session to to have a day off and have lots of drink and and do things. Yeah. Every other holiday is pretty much either to celebrate socialism or, or a socialist type meaning, mm-hmm. or um, yeah. just to have another day off. So yeah. because Ireland is a socialist utopia. Um, but we don't have a Thanksgiving, and I think it's it's so sad. And um, I think a Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays because it, it just centers you. I'm really looking forward to tomorrow just to um, just to actually get my mindset um, right back on, you know, even though things are really tough, you know, I, we still have a more blessed than a lot of other people have. So I'm re- I love the holiday. So it's not just the food? No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which is no. another great reason to celebrate. I mean, uh, but uh, it's a, it's a. You know, listen, you know, you're you're right. I think it it brings up some things that uh, that we need nowadays. And I think one of the one of the issues, John, maybe you can help me with this, is trying to decide these days like what is truly important 
and what is you know first world problems so to speak or what what is like you know just the the scandal of the day the thing that we're supposed to be uh it, it, it just completely wrapped up in uh, of the day um gratitude is a is a good way to 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 sort of work through that and figure that out thanksgiving is a is a, it's a big kind of frame of reference for that sort of thing Absolutely. You know, the, 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 my, the one thing I'm, I'm on a journey right now is finding how, how, how important your mindset is. Um, and it's all about, you know, what do you, what do you care about? What's what, you know, what do you see in the mindset? So, you know, it's easy. I had, um, Tim Ballard on my show, who's the, the founder of Operation Underground Railroad two weeks ago. Um, amazing guy. And I'm a big supporter of that organization. But, you know, we had all this, it was right after the, the shooting in Texas and the terrorist attack in New York City. And it was very clear for me. It, it was great that I had him lined up because it was the it was mindset we can focus in on the evil of terrorism we can focus in on that evil evil guy in texas who shot up that church we can think about all the people who are you know there's two million kids living in sex slavery all the people around that and we can focus in on that if we want or we can focus in on the good. We can focus in on the, you know, the hero policemen who in New York City, you know, were helping bring that guy to justice, and the attorneys who will hopefully bring a case against them. The the two hero guys, just average average Joes, who one of them didn't even have shoes on down in Texas, who heard this what he thought was gunfire and went down and shot the guy and then chased him. We can focus in on Tim Ballard, who is going out with all these other vets, saving these kids and rescuing these kids. It's mindset. What do we want to focus in on? Um, it's the same in politics what is what's really important um you know a lot of people are getting caught up in elections and elections have their role but for me america has always been different it's always been about eternal principles it doesn't matter there isn't a you know the constitution isn't a left issue or a right issue it should be it's just an issue it's an eternal truth um, and finding these self-evident truths that today it's so sad in 2017 241 after your founders wrote this powerful phrase we still haven't realized it that all men are fundamentally created equal. Um, we have a system where we're, we're divided up on politics. We have a system where we're based on classes, on race, on sexes, on your job still. We still haven't achieved that. Hey, you know what? I'm going to focus in on you. Hey, if that's too old for you, how about we haven't even understood that we actually should judge someone by the content of the character and not anything else. Um, that's 50 years ago after Martin Luther King. We can get caught up on all the things that divide us, but how about we focus on what starts uniting us and really try and find that path, and that's the one I'm trying to find. As we come together over the next uh, day or so and throughout the holiday season as Americans and the folks throughout the world, but specifically here when the media wants to tell us how far apart we are and how divided we are, um, what are the things that, that bind us together? I mean, what what are those um, from a from a from a standpoint of an of an Irishman overseas who gets to come in and be a part of it for a while, maybe we're overlooking some of them. What what are those things? Well, the first of all, um, I think the one thing that we we need to start talking about is education again and start uniting around that you're all Americans. You know, uh, the world has there's every if you read the history of the world in context or in very brief terms, you'll see America is the different. And, and is exceptional because you pretty much chose the exact opposite path to everyone else. And one of your fundamental paths, which I, I you need to get back to, is what we were saying about before the commercial break was you're seeing people as labels and dividing it. You know, France had revolutions about brotherhood and fraternity and, and class systems and, and, you know, workers of the world unite. America wasn't about that. America was the exact opposite. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. That regardless of your background, regardless of your experience, regardless of your political voting record, that you're still an American. 
Um, America, as I can say this as an outsider, American citizenship and that passport is still a luxury. It is still something worth having for. It doesn't matter how you vote. You still have that passport. You still have the right to say you're an American. And if you can start uniting around that stuff, and let's have a conversation. You want something to unite on? Here's one thing, because it's a topic of the day. You know what? Regardless of your political persuasion, of your race or your age or your background, if you sexually assault a woman, you're a dirtbag. Mm. There you go. There's a uniting theme around it. It doesn't have to mm-hmm. be about, don't make it about Roy, Roy Moore, whether you believe him or not, or, or Al Franken. Just say it. Just let's have a discussion about principle. Hey, if you do something to a woman, are you a dirtbag? Yeah. I don't know. I have liberal friends. I have, I have conservative friends. I have friends all over the uh, I don't know one person go, well, let's see. You know, I don't, you know, is he misunderstood? You know, I, I read the Charlie Rose apology. Did you read that? No. No. I mean, uh, Charlie Rose, uh, the thing that I read about him is he, he, and I think that stood out the most was he questioned the accuracy of some of the yeah. reports, which means, well, hold on, are you saying that uh, that you did do some of these things, like walk around naked in front of people or whatever? I mean, it, it just makes no sense. I don't know where that line is, you know? Naked is naked, right? It's a self-evident truth. You either have clothes on and or like, you trust me. <laughs> yeah, trust me, Jonathan. Nobody wants to see it. My, my dogs don't even want to see me walk around naked in the house. They look at me like, can't you put something on, man? Come on. You hey, know? Look, I'll be honest with you. I'll go one step further. I don't even want to see me naked. I look at myself yeah. in the shirt and go, oh, geez, Louis, just seriously. <laughs> but this is a self-evident truth. I read that apology, and I'm like, so you you question the, and the, I don't know anyone who's going to go. You know what that 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 Charlie Rose he he's he's good. You know that that's the way you should apologize or that's the way you take ownership or that's how you deal with things. It shouldn't be political. We you know draw whatever line it is uh, in, in the sand that you can agree on. Well, you uh, make a great a point. You make a great point about these. Uh, what I think Al Franken's w- w- was even. I mean, these apologies are just so strange. Like. I'm sorry that uh, that these women felt this way, or I'm sorry that she uh, felt this way after this thing. It's like uh, you're apologizing for her, if not for you, what you did. Your actions mean something, right? I mean, uh, and of course, he's kind of denying. There's sort of a denial in there, too, but it's just uh, you're right. I mean, we should be able to say right is right, wrong is wrong. I don't care about politics or party. Uh, this is this is a truth, and as you said earlier, a dirt bag is a dirt bag. And look, you know, and also I don't mean to to you know put a set a bit of a hornet's nest off, but you know, I'll just say this, you know, a self-evident truth. You choose stuffing, all right? It's stuffing, not dressing. <laughs> There's a self-evident truth we can all unite on. <laughs> it's it's uh, you're clearly wrong there, but I'll I'll forgive you uh, because you're a good guy. <laughs> hey, did you see? Speaking of you, just said that we maybe we can reunite or we can unite around the fact that America is a great place and we're all Americans and we love America and and that sort of thing. But, you know, I don't know if you saw this video. Uh, I, I think it was on The Blaze. There's a guy who went out uh, to Berkeley and stood and waved the American flag. Did you see this? No. He's out waving the American flag and... Uh, and, and Kids come up to him and say, you know, I, you know, I can't believe you're doing that, or how dare you? You know, some of the comments were really, I can't repeat them on the air, okay? Uh, but then, then he turns around and he goes out and he waves the uh, like the Islamic State flag, right? 
And oh, I saw that was about six months ago. I remember yeah, this story. It, yes. It, it, so, so this documentary maker does this. And so anyway, uh, he he's waving the Islamic State flag, and then he's getting compliments from these people at Berkeley, like, "Good for you." You know, I support you. This is amazing. Like, are you kidding me? Like, we can't even agree on that uh, uh, these days. But, you know, it's pockets of these uh, these very, uh, very strange people and very strange uh, situations that I notice. But but what a what a video to to uh, to to illustrate all of it coming up, by the way. I don't know if you uh, you follow any uh, you follow any of this, but, uh, you know, Saturday Night Live, do you get to see any of that? I, I, I don't like the show, to be honest. I, I, I look at it and I kind of go, it's not funny. Um, some of the things, I also, I'm a friend of Victoria Jackson, so I know who she is, and she's actually a friend of mine, so she's a great lady. Yeah, so we're going to talk to Victoria coming up here in a little bit, um, but to talk about what what is going on with the people who stood up and said, hey, we support Al, and can you support someone Yet also, and this is kind of a good question, John, can I support you as a person? I like, you know, Jonathan, I like him. He's a good guy, but I don't support if he did something bad. Uh, how do you, you know, where do you draw that line? Uh, and also when it comes to the politics of all of this, um, you know, where do, where do people, you know, where do people weigh in on this? And with Victoria, I don't think she, she didn't notice anything. Um, she's clearly an interesting individual herself and, and somebody who kind of, uh, if you look at like some of the, and probably for her political beliefs and things like that, but if you look at some of like the former SNL folks and cast members, she kind of, uh, she kind of like fell into the background a little bit because of, because of, I think her, her political viewpoint. Absolutely. Um, the one thing I will say is you're going through a time in your life um, and it's it's also this is not just unique to America. It's happening in Ireland now and allegations are coming out. And it's happening in England. The, the fear for me is what type of justice system do you want to live in? And the one fear and I don't want to make cases of Al Franken or, or any of the other situations right now, but there is you're moving to this system where you're going to be guilty until proven innocent. And it, it's finding that line where, you know, do you, you know, do you automatically believe the accusers or do you automatically believe the defendant or who, you know, who do we have to believe or, well, it's our side. So we'll always defend, every, you know, whatever side our person is on. For me, it's you've got to listen to all parties and then make the yeah. judgment and then also go through a system. But it can't be automatically you're guilty if you're if it's the other side, like the left and you're innocent if it's on the right. You know, there are bad people on all sides of the, of the aisle. Um, and as someone who's been around it and seen it, there's bad, you know, it's not, this is not a Hollywood issue that you're seeing right now. It isn't a political issue. It isn't, it isn't anything more than a moral issue. There are bad people everywhere. Um, there are bad people in Hollywood. There are bad people in politics. There are bad people who talk about politics. Um, we've all seen them. And that, that's, that's a human condition. And people think they're bigger than they are. And they try and test us. And they use their power of persuasion through, you know, hey, do you know who I am? Like we, you, you see this on all the time. If you go out anywhere in any metropolitan place, you'll see it if you see someone famous. And it might not be dirty or, you know, sexual assault, but like, you know, free meals or, you know, you know, well, you just walked in. So I know there's a queue of five people, but you, do you know who you are? I, you know, your freedom's disciple. You go to the head of the line. You, you have this power and stature in society. You need to understand that that is that is there. And it's a heart issue that we need to fix. Um, and that that's just something we need to do. But it's I'm very fearful um, for the future if it's automatically guilty until proven innocent. 
And the the onus in America has always been the exact opposite because of the way the the rest of the world worked. Where you know if you you're going in the rest of the world where it was kings and queens, where you you oppose the king, there wasn't a trial. You just jail, gone, banished, killed. America was set up on the exact opposite. No, you don't. You actually have to prove you're guilty. And I know that system may suck because some guilty people will get off through the system, but it is far better than a system where you have to prove your innocence. Um, because if you have to prove your innocence and you have the onus to prove how innocent you are, there's going to be a lot more bad people locked uh, locked up who are innocent. And that is a mm. system which America, I hope, continues on because it is so much better than the rest of the world. You know, and I talked about this earlier this week. Jonathan Dunn joins us right now, Freedom's Disciple, and of course... Uh, one of the th- one of the things I talked about was drawing that line, Jonathan, and how do we do that? We'll continue this conversation because, you know, here's the deal. Uh, this is not an easy, not a simple and easy answer to a complex problem. It's something that we do need to talk about, just the fact that we're having a conversation about it today. Uh, can we talk about it with principles? Can we talk about it? Uh, in a way that's measured, in a way that is, uh, I think, common sense. And that's what we're going to try and do more of. Jonathan, I appreciate you being here with us. Again, freedomsdisciple.com. Thank you so much for being here with us, man. Thank you for having me, and happy Thanksgiving to you, and happy Thanksgiving to all the listeners. You're all awesome. You got my best, man. Happy Thanksgiving, brother. We'll take a quick break. Coming up, Victoria Jackson, former SNL cast member, will join us right here. Talk Al Franken and so much more. It's The Blaze. Pat Gray on The Blaze Radio Network. Hey, in for Pat today is Justin Barkley. Appreciate you being here with us. You can always get in. 888-900-3393 is the number to uh, do it. 888-900-3393. Uh, joining us on the phone right now, Victoria Jackson. She's a former SNL cast member. Uh, good person. Just all around good person. New book out to 21 Devotions for Women with Breast Cancer. Victoria, thanks so much for being here with us. That uh, book called Lavender Hair, by the way. And I love it. This picture is great on your website. Thanks. Hi, Justin. How are you? Have we ever met in person yet? Uh, you know what? I feel like you and I have spoken on the phone once or twice, Victoria, in another time in a different place. But, you <laughs> okay. know, years ago, uh, you know, I I did like some radio and, and the, and the mor- wacky morning radio shows and stuff like that. And and uh, I, I don't some some of those days I don't necessarily recall everything <laughs> from. Yeah, me too. You know, you know what I mean. Ah, uh, those were different days. Oh man. Um, but thank you for being here with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm at the and, gym and I uh, stopped my workout for this interview. Are you kidding me? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you. Uh, listen, mm-hmm. we we won't keep you long. Uh, but we do have to take a break here at the at the top of the show, uh, at the top of the hour here. Um, you know, I know that you, uh, you, you kind of, uh, 
you're kind of taking a hit for for your your politics, your political views and such. Um, but you're still doing your own thing. And VictoriaJackson.com is uh, is a great, uh, by the way, a great resource and a great place to see what she's up to. Um, how has it been for you? Um, you mean being an outspoken conservative Christian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I got blacklisted. I, I've lost some jobs and I've lost some agents and I lost some stand up gigs in 2010, but um, that's okay because um, the Bible says you got to stand up for the Lord first. And he said, if you love, Jesus said, if you love him, you'll be persecuted. So I figured if you're not getting persecuted, you're not standing up for him. Somehow you're still being taken care of, though. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's so awesome. God is giving me, God is my agent. He's providing me with fun little comedy. I did a pilot last week. I did Huckabee. I did stand up on Huckabee. It's going to air on New Year's Eve. And God knows that the, the most thing I love more than anything is trying to make people laugh. So God's letting me still do that. And Victoria Jackson. I'm Channel 4, but yeah. Hang on one second. We got to take a break here at the top of the show, or the top of the hour here. We're going to come back. We'll talk more. I want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about what you've been going through and uh, and share your story because it is a good one. VictoriaJackson.com. We'll be back right after this. Justin Barkley in for Pat Gray today. This is the Blaze. Pat Gray unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, it's Justin Barkley for Pat Gray today. Victoria Jackson joins us, former SNL. She's an SNL alum. VictoriaJackson.com. Still funny, still working. Saw that on the Twitter. Love that. And uh, Victoria's new book, Lavender Hair, My Breast Cancer Journey. Hey, um, you know, before we uh, before we get into, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Al Franken and, of course, everything that's happening in in, in we got to talk about this, uh, but Victoria, you know, thank you for sharing your story, your journey. There's so many people that are going through this or have gone through this that uh, that need to hear from you and and uh, that are that are that are healing through what you are sharing. My mom went through ovarian cancer, breast cancer, and uh, you know, Gilda Radner, Gilda's Club is here where I'm. I'm in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, mm-hmm. home here, and I got to tell you, we have this huge event every year called Laugh Fest, and folks come in from all over to uh, to help and, and and talk about all the great things that are going on and, and happening here. But uh, man, it is just it's so special, and and you're you're doing some great work there. Well, thanks. You know, it's so common. One in eight women get it, and it, and it doesn't run in my family, so. Uh, we were very surprised, but you know, Julia Louis Dreyfus just announced she got breast cancer. Oh. Did you hear that? I didn't. No, no. Yes, yeah, she used her um, announcement to um, plug universal health care, and I just thought that was kind of interesting because oh. if you're a progressive, you're allowed to publicly push your agenda. But if you're a conservative, you're not. And she also used the Grammys, where she just recently won again, to uh, to to diss Trump, you know. 
And mm-hmm. I just, it's so, it's so unfair because a conservative could never get away with that. You know? You've seen this. Keep work, and still keep working on TV, I mean. Yeah, you, you've seen this um, up close and personal, as you say. Yesterday we talked a little bit about, I mean, it's a really interesting mindset and it's a really interesting conversation about being blacklisted or blackballed. Right now in the NFL, Colin Kaepernick says he's being blackballed and LeBron James has come out and said he believes that's happening too. And um, The other story that really hit was... Um, Kathy Griffin has come out and said that she has being, uh, she's been uh, blacklisted as well. And the the video that goes with what Kathy talked about is just, uh, God bless her, but man, it is just delusional. Some of the things that she talks about in her video about, you know, hey, I'm not going to go back to work in clubs. Uh, I I've earned my way out of that. Now I can't book anything. I can't do these big arenas. And I'm thinking, since when? And Victoria, I know you've been through it, but since when are we owed anything, let alone uh, a millionaire lifestyle, you know? Right. I worked with her once a long time ago, and her whole act was uh, was humiliating celebrities and exposing their private bathroom things. I was like, I can't believe mm. she built a career on that. But that says a lot about audiences and and she is very funny, though. She does have a gift of being funny, but I wish it wasn't based on, you know, humiliating others. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's a very strange time. I can't believe the liberals are turning on each other with this sexual harassment thing. I've never seen liberals turn on each other. I guess the, the woman's lib thing trumps the, uh, I don't know, it's very confusing, but... Uh, <laughs> What what did you what did you experience if anything in your career did you see things I mean I, I obviously I think that there are good things that are coming out of this conversation we we do need to have a conversation we do need to talk about the things that are going on um, we do need need to empower uh, every single bit of us the to because it's happening to women and men um, you know to to stand up for themselves and to say no in certain situations but. You know, it really, uh, it, it's, um, it's, it's just like a storm right now has been unleashed. Well, it's kind of odd because the program, the TV shows and movies they're putting out that children are watching are so sexually immoral. I can't even watch them. The Bad Mom Christmas, I couldn't even, I was like, I, I, my mouth felt dirty. They had a child taking God's name in vain with the F word in it like mm. two or three times in the movie. I mean, the the sexual morality in our culture is so rampant that it's kind of funny that they would pick, you know, a guy saying an inappropriate sexual thing and, like, make him lose his job. Okay, here's my attitude. When I grew up, I was in a Bible college. I never had a TV. My dad sheltered my brain for anything sexually immoral. So I had a very innocent view of life. And I always assumed that Hollywood was immoral and that people were making, you know, doing bad things behind closed doors. I just assume that that's kind of the reputation. So when I experienced it, I wasn't surprised. I was like, Oh, it's true. You know, um, in my first book, I wrote that Warren Beatty answered the door on a towel. When I auditioned for the movie, the pickup artist, Uh, I auditioned in an office, a casting office, legit. And I got a call back. Warren talked to me himself. 
he took his name off the movie because it wasn't that good at the end of it. But he, um, it's on the internet. It says that and everything. But he, um, the callback was to his home on Mulholland. And I said to my agent, seriously, I'm supposed to go to his home? Is that how it's done? And my, I told my brother, and he's like, I guess that's how the big shots do it. You know, they just hang out at home and talk about the next movie. I was like, oh, okay. But I told I told my husband at the time he should probably go with me because when I grew up there was a Bible verse called um, avoid the appearance of evil. That's a Bible verse, and and that's why Mike Pence doesn't go into private places with women. That's why Billy Graham was never alone with a woman because uh, even if you know you're not going to do something naughty, it, it, the Bible says avoid the appearance of evil. So yeah. don't even look like you're doing a sin because we're supposed to represent Christ and purity. And so I took my husband with me. We went to the Warren Beatty mansion on the top of the Mulholland, and Warren Beatty answered the door in a towel with nothing on top. And I and I, I was kind of surprised, and I um I I had to think fast. I didn't know what to say, so I said, "Oh, should we have dressed more casually?" And, yeah, I, th- I thought that was really funny. Right. And, and, he right. La- and he laughed, and we came in, and he went to change, and we sat at a big table, and people showed up. We read through the whole movie. I got the part. I, I've never experienced the casting couch. No one has ever raped me or told me I wouldn't have a part if I didn't do stuff. No, that has never happened to me. Um, but little weird things like that have happened to me, and... Then we read the movie. I I was pregnant at the time. I had the baby. I never heard anything. And then they called and said, oh, we're doing the movie. You got the part. I had to lose 45 pounds in one month. But anyway, so like that's like um, how I thought Hollywood would be. I had a date with Arthur Godfrey when he was 80 and I was 21. My agent knew both of us. It was dinner. You know, and he, he started saying sexual things. I mean, I, I just assumed... And, you know, even in offices I worked in that were not show business, I have had a stranger walk up and kiss me on the mouth without me even knowing the guy or even saying hi to him. So this happens all the time. And and, and I've had people on the street, um, you know, a guy in a trench coat, naked. I've had a guy stick his hand. I mean, I, I have lots of stories. And I mm. just assume that most men are like that unless they're born-again Christian, unless they, uh, they know God is watching them and they care and they, and they want to be pure. Like, our natural instinct is to be a sinner. So I'm not—I was never surprised by all of that. And some of it's flirting and some of it's, you know, you know I don't know. I, I just think it's kind of funny and hypocritical that this— industry that makes these horribly immoral movies is you know telling on each other it's kind of good but i mean what do you think (laughs) well victoria i mean i think that you make some interesting points there uh why you know when we see what comes out of hollywood why would we be surprised with what's happening inside hollywood i mean it really you know judging it by the the fruit you know so i understand i understand that um, when it comes to Hollywood, if you are a Christian and you're outspoken about your beliefs, uh, and especially if you're, you're conservative, you, you're going to face, you got to be ready for what you're going to face because you're going to face those things. Um, 
when it comes to what happened and what you're seeing right now with Al Franken uh, specifically, uh, you know, what what is your what is your personal take when you're seeing these kind of things with somebody like Al? Okay, well, let me just finish my Warren Beatty story. So the end of the story is when we were leaving, I said to his assistant or his houseboy or whatever the guy was, I said, does Warren always answer the door in his house? And he said, oh, he was being polite. He he always sunbathes nude. Wow. <laughs> he wow. said, oh, he was being polite. He was, he, every day he sunbathes nude, and he was just, you know, being polite to answer the door. Wow. So anyway, um, Al Franken never did anything uh, inappropriate when I worked with him for six years. And I told the New York New York Times that, um, you know, maybe a couple of times he said something a little something. But, I mean, if you're working together with people for day and night for six years, you know, I'm sure I've said inappropriate things. So I, some of the stories... I don't know. I just feel kind of bad for people because I think we're all guilty of saying something inappropriate, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't want my whole life to be uh, on television. I think that's supposed to happen when we die and we stand before the Lord. <laughs> mm. You know, but, uh... but, I mean, but stories about being raped. I mean, people should tell that. I mean, you should tell that. And, and you make a good point of a, of a uh, probably a difference here, a distinction, because now we're kind of in witch hunt mode, and a lot of this is clicks and, of course, uh, views and uh, ratings and things like that. But is there a difference between something that may have happened, uh, you, you know, uh, in passing, uh, and 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 was a was a comment versus something that you're talking about a very real? There's a documentary I was talking about earlier. It's called Girl Twenty Seven. And it is a uh, check that out when you get a chance. It's a documentary about a woman named Patricia. Uh, her last name escapes me right now, but she was uh, she was an actress in the old days, like 1937 MGM. She was raped, uh, and they buried the story. MGM actively buried the story. They buried it in uh, in the news. Um, the, the law enforcement that 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 cooperated with them colluded uh, doctors and all these. Uh, all these things. If you're talking about a real life uh, a scenario, something that happened. So these things are happening, as you point out. Is there a difference between those on a sliding scale? And how do we know the truth? I mean, that's a really good question. How do we yeah. know the truth? Well, true. I, we had one host on SNL that actually kissed me on the mouth in front of everyone in Lauren's office. I didn't flirt with him. I didn't ask for it. It was completely... Kind of like being, uh, kind of like, I've heard it called a rape kiss. But, you know, nobody did anything. Everyone just pretended they didn't see it. And I pretended I didn't see it either because it's so awkward and weird and inappropriate. And, you know, I did feel like it was, well, everyone knew that was not right. But, like, what are you supposed to do in that situation? It, it's a work environment. And, you know, <laughs> You don't want to embarrass anybody, so there's a there's a I don't know what do you and and see I think the where I think what the the greatest call they're making out is that if you're an employee and your boss puts you in an awkward situation and you could get fired if you don't flirt back or 
you know, hide his sexual advances. That That's one thing, you know. If you think you're going to get fired or, or if you are fired, you know, I guess there's degrees. There must be degrees of it's sin. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not going to throw someone under the bus because they rape kissed me. I'm not going to do that. I mean, if they totally raped me, I think that should be told to somebody. But I totally understand why women won't tell. I totally get that because I'm even feeling bad saying what I'm saying now. Mm. Victoria Jackson, victoriajackson.com, SNL alum. What do we, uh, what do, we do as, uh, as people who are seeing this, maybe as somebody in the office that uh, saw that with you, I mean, what do we do as a, as a, you know, it could be as a Christian, it could be as just somebody who's, you got a moral compass, you know, standing up to do what's right. Uh, do we have to call these things out? What do we do when we see them? Um, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I guess the Bible says if someone offends you, you're supposed to go to them personally first hmm. and, and then try to tell them that hurt you or something. And then if that, doesn't work you're supposed to in the church you're supposed to go to the leaders of the church so i i guess oh i had this other story i was on the set and and a guy karate chopped me in the back of the neck and it was hurt and it scared me he was a he was the star of the show i i told on him i went to the top guy and told on him and guess what they said to me we can't do anything he's the producer mm-hmm. so so um what should we do well I mean, you could report it to the police. I didn't. I didn't report it to the police because I was. I guess I was afraid of getting fired. I, I don't know. That's that's. A, I think that's a key here. So many people uh, in so many places are afraid to talk, and that's why we're seeing such a, an outpouring now. The dam is broken. Uh, Victoria Jackson, thank you so much for being here with us, and thank you for sharing some of your story and and uh, some of your time with us. VictoriaJackson.com. dot com. And, of course, the book is uh, is out right now, brand-new book, uh, Lavender Hair. And we appreciate you sharing your story of your breast cancer and and, uh, and, all of, uh, and all of the things that are surrounding that right now. And are you at the gym as we speak? Yeah, I'm at the gym. And when we hang up, I'm going back onto the little 10-pound weight. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I hope we didn't distract you too much, and uh, and we'll let you go. But uh, before I do that, uh, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, the biggest issue that folks are dealing with today on this show here at the Blazes uh, is it dressing or is it stuffing? And uh, and I gotta let I gotta let you answer that. Is it dressing or is it stuffing? As far as you're concerned. Okay. Well, I asked my relatives yesterday. They said if you stuff it inside the bird, it's stuffing, and if it's not inside of him, not stuffed inside of him, it's just sitting outside of him. It's dressing. I love it. I'll count that as a vote for dressing. Thank you, Victoria. You're awesome. We appreciate you. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, Victoria Jackson. VictoriaJackson.com and the book Lavender Hair: Twenty One Devotions for Women with Breast Cancer. Uh, check her website out. A lot of good stuff happening there. We appreciate her joining us as always. Got to support. You know what I mean? Got to show some support for some folks. Uh, net neutrality. I just got tweeted this question about net neutrality. Trust me, we're going to tackle this. I want to talk a little bit about that. Somebody said, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about net neutrality? You want to talk about it? We'll do that coming up and grab your calls too. 888 is the phone number. 888 And for Pat Gray Unleashed, it's Justin Barkley back next on The Blaze. 
You are listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Justin Barkley in for Pat Gray on the Blaze today. And, uh, you know, listen. <laughs> it's been it's been an exciting last couple of days. I doubt they'll ever. They're probably thinking they'll listen. And, and, and this is why I think you got to soak it up right now. We're basting in it right now, right? I doubt they will ever invite me back. <laughs> After these last three days... Why is that? They said. Well, listen. Uh, I'm just saying. I think isn't it? Uh, isn't it quite clear? It's kind of. A, it's a mess. <laughs> this whole thing. <laughs> just a day. Hey, uh, coming up, we will talk. Uh, I'm going to be joined by a tech guy. He's going to talk net neutrality with me. Kind of work through this issue. Cause to me, it's kind of. A, it's kind of a complex. It's a little confusing. Try and break it down as much as we can and uh, share with you what I'm thinking, what I see. And I'd love to hear from you, too. 888 Sue is on hold in West Virginia. She's been on hold for quite a long. And, Sue, I appreciate you holding with us to tackle the tough topics that we're here to tackle today, which is dressing or stuffing. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm going to say something probably nobody said yet. Yeah. Where I come from, you don't call it either one. You call it filling. I just heard that. That's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. <laughs> what is filling? What is that? It's like a pie filling or something. I don't know. No, no, no. It's. Oh. I mean, it, you call it filling if it's in yeah. the bird or out of the bird. It's still filling. Now, where are you from? Um, I'm from Eastern Pennsylvania, like in Pennsylvania Dutch Amish country. Eastern Pennsylvania. Interesting. That's I've never heard filling before. That's the first time I've ever heard that. What well, do you call the actually? Hmm? What do you call the actual bird? <laughs> Turkey. Uh, oh, I thought I thought you but, might call it container or something. <laughs> no, no, no. In fact, the, um, there is an Amish dish called potato filling, which is anything you would put in a bird or in what you call dressing. If you mix that all in with mashed potatoes and bake that then that's a side dish for anything. I'm I'm in listen, I don't care what we call it at this point. I'm ready to eat. Right, I'm hungry. Right. I'm hungry. How about you? Do you guys make anything special for Thanksgiving? Like family tradition or anything? Um I make two things. I make uh cranberries sauce from cranberries. Like, you know, go buy the pack at the store, the real cranberries. Um and of course I make Grammy's pumpkin pie. But I make it with butternut squash because it tastes better than pumpkin. Really? Now that oh, yeah, didn't you know that? Most of the no canned idea. pumpkin you buy in the store is really butternut squash. You're kidding me. Nope. I've been living a lie this entire time? Yes, yes, it's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Sue, thanks for calling in. I appreciate you. Have a happy Thanksgiving. You too. <laughs> So we've been eating butternut squash this whole time. I don't even like saying butternut squash. Oh, what is that? Well, I mean, it's all basically kind of the same thing anyway, right? 
actually had. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I actually had butternut squash this weekend. A good friend here, uh, he's a cook. He makes some unbelievable food, and we had this big food thing over the weekend, and he made uh, on stage for like some food show thing an unreal. Di- it was it was duck. You ever had duck before? Oh man, it is. It's. I love it. I don't get to have it a lot, but he made it. He made duck. And I'm going to tell you the whole thing about how he did it. But he made duck. He did the butternut squash, cubed it up kind of like uh, potatoes, and threw in some apples or some onions. And he had, like, some sage and some herbs and stuff like that. Some I think he put in some nutmeg, a little cinnamon. It tastes like fall. It tastes. That's the best way I can put it for you. It tastes like fall in your mouth. It was unbelievable. Oh, it was so good. So, you know, I joke about this butternut squash, but at the same time, uh, man, man, is it good. So, again, uh, it's not really about what, you know, what you might, what you might call it. It's more about what you, uh, what you're ready to eat. That's how I, I, that's how I see it. Uh, yeah, I will play the audio because she's really delusional and somebody was asking about this. I will play this audio coming up. Uh, Kathy Griffin explaining why life isn't fair. And by the way, looking at the, the video, she's done this in her mansion. Kathy Griffin, dead, coming to you live from my mansion. Life isn't fair. Wah! It's the Wah Tour 2018 that she's looking to book for right now. And I, I think the best part of this, and I hate to see people lose their gigs or anything like but the best part is she's not going to be on CNN's, uh, you know, New Year's Eve thing. So annoying. Uh, however, uh, unfortunately, Don Lemon still on the CNN uh, New Year's Eve. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> ah, that debacle, I'm sure. Coming up next, net neutrality. We'll talk about that. 888 That's the number. You can join us. 1-888-900-3393. Jump in the conversation. Justin Barclay in for Pat Gray today. This is The Blaze. Pat Gray. Only on The Blaze Radio Network. Back to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, it's a, just call me Philin. Like Sue said from West Virginia. I have this stuffing. I'm the dressing. Philin. Because I'm filling in uh, for Pat Gray Unleashed. Talking about the tough topics such as is it dressing or is it stuffing? I'm not even going to include filling in there. Say it to everybody on Twitter, by the way, at Mr. Justin Barkley on Twitter, and everybody in the, uh, by the way, in the Pat Gray Unleashed Facebook group. There's a there's a good group of folks over there. Just look that up. Type that in. My buddy Mark invited me in there, and uh, I think they're going to regret that as well. But <laughs> thank you guys for joining us. 
Uh, wanted to talk a little bit about net neutrality. You can join the program too at triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three triple eight nine zero zero three three nine three. Want to chime in about anything? You can. Um, this this is kind of a confusing topic. I feel like it's a little complex. Larry Maggot joins us right now to talk a little bit about what exactly it, it, it is, what it means. The FCC chairman says he wants to do away with some of these uh, previous. Regulations with the old uh, the, the uh, old Obama administration. Larry, welcome in. We appreciate you breaking it down for us. Hey, it's a very tough subject to wrap your head around because it's complicated, and I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding about it. But I'm happy to try to explain it to you if that's what you'd like me to start off by doing. Yeah. So th- th- let me just tell you how I get it, and then uh, the best I can, rather, and then then tell me how close I am or how far off. So basically. Sure. Uh, as it stands now, net neutrality, uh, the Obama administration passed uh, with the FCC. This is uh, the current regulation where uh, the government comes in and says uh, you, you have to basically treat all web traffic the same. doesn't matter where it's coming from, where it's going. Uh, however, this, uh, this current administration and, and this guy – uh, pie with the FCC, what they want to do is give companies a little more flexi- flexibility to decide on their own how they're going to treat things. What, am I am I right here, Larry? And what does that no, mean? You, you got it very. You you got it right. And in fact, people talk about the analogy be, about the toll road versus the freeway analogy, and it's partially true. It, it would be like not so much a, a, a toll road for passenger cars. Mm-hmm. Because network neutrality has nothing to do with how much you pay for your Internet service and what speed you get. For example, I pay an extra $15 for a higher-speed service than my next-door neighbor may, may, may get, and that's fine under network neutrality. It's more like a toll road for delivery trucks. If you think about imagine that you were Walmart and you were competing with, I don't know, Costco, and Walmart paid the highway commission an extra amount of money so its trucks could go 70 miles an hour down the highway while Costco had to go 50 miles down the highway. and. Mm. That way, Walmart could deliver its uh, packages sooner and, and therefore have a competitive advantage. That's a rough analogy, but it has to do with, you're right, with delivery. So if you're Netflix and you're swimming in money and you're willing to pay the Internet service providers a higher fee, your your video is going to come in nice and clear. Your customer is going to be very happy. But if you're Larry's startup video streaming service and you don't have the money to pay, you may have choppy service and, and people may have a tough time getting you. And therefore, Netflix has a huge advantage over us mm. because they've got, uh, so to speak, faster delivery trucks. Let me ask you, Larry, because some of the argument uh, against this is that, hey, it would make it harder for you know, uh, the YouTubers maybe or lifestyle bloggers, people like this that are that are kind of small fish that are trying to get uh, started online and, and startups, things like that, versus the guys who are already there. Is that an issue? Yeah, the YouTube bloggers will be okay because they're on YouTube. But right. again, if you're a startup, and, and for example, that's one of the reasons why the congressperson from my district who happens to be, uh, you know, represent Silicon Valley, is very concerned about this issue because all of these startups would be in a very tough position. It's hard enough having to pay for big servers, and you'd still have to do that, and having mm-hmm. to pay for all the infrastructure you need to deliver your, your goods. But then to have to pay the Internet service providers a, an extra fee 
could be could be stifling. So, and then you get into a broader sense of concerns. Uh, could they discriminate based on other factors? Maybe even, I don't know. Um, you're a phone company, and somebody's offering a voiceover uh, telephone service, and you don't like it because you want everybody to use your phone service, or uh, you don't have to imagine this. Verizon now owns Yahoo and AOL. Comcast owns NBC Universal. AT&T wants to buy Time Warner. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe your services you, that you own, you don't even have to do business deals, get better treatment. So, I mean, for example, I mean, if I want to watch ABC or CBS on Comcast, I expect it to be just as good as NBC. And I'm not saying Comcast would do that. I don't think they would, frankly. It's not really in their business interest to throttle other networks, but theoretically, it could happen. And, you know, down the road, you never know. So to me, uh, I like ideally, I would say, like, eh, let's leave the government out of everything. But mm-hmm. yeah. uh, practically, I can kind of see these arguments. And, uh, you know, I would say, hey, you know, if we don't have some sort of way to keep these checks on some of these things, uh, it, it could get out of control. Now, Larry, if I'm reminded of like our telecom industry and the telephones and cell and, and that sort of thing, I mean, we don't have to look too far, much further than going across the, uh, you know, to let's say uh, Korea or, 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 you know, over in Asia, they're, they're, some of their networks are so much faster than ours. The, it, it's just right. unbelievable uh, what they've got going. And ours is kind of antiquated. And cheaper. And where I live, I have two choices for my internet. I've got, in my case, AT and T and Comcast. That's it. Mm. So it's not as if you know. There's a lot of choices, and because in order to deliver high speed internet to your house, you have to dig up the street. So that'll change someday. Mm-hmm. We'll have higher speed wireless service, but not for quite a while. And even then, it's going to be a huge infrastructure investment if anybody wants to get into that business. So it's not as if we have a truly free market. If we had you know, 30 internet service providers competing for our business, I mean, you might say, okay, no big deal. The market's going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. But there are not a lot of players in most of them. There are some markets where there's only one player and others where there are none, actually, uh, and which is really a problem because, uh, you know, in terms of some of the rural areas. But so that's one of the arguments, even for those who have libertarian views, which I certainly respect and understand. What we have are these huge companies that, you know, are practically governments in themselves, given how much power they have. Why is it that some of these places uh, overseas, they have better uh, and faster connections? What is it that led to that? Well, partially it's a government of commitment to making this happen. They realize it's good for their the national competitiveness. Mm-hmm. To some extent, it's because they may have come in late to the game and they didn't have an ancient infrastructure like we do. I mean, we, you know, we've had cell phone service and cable service going back decades, back before the new technologies. And also, it's in some cases more competition, more companies entering the game. So, you know, there's a variety of factors that have not come forward in this country. Uh, in terms of allowing the market conditions to encourage us. We certainly have people talking about gigabit service, but it, so far it hasn't rolled out to most people. And you're absolutely right. We, we like, have cow paths uh, in this country compared to what you get in Korea, Japan, and some of the Asian countries. What what seems to stand out to me, Larry, especially about uh, this argument and this this, this issue, is that um, we, we have... Uh, we, can, we can treat this a couple of different ways, right? We can treat it like the Internet is like our highways like it's it's a it's a piece of infrastructure that uh, the government should be a part of um at regulating and, and even building and we could go through and, and do that with tax, do- tax dollars etc 
or we could leave the private companies open to kind of work technology breakthroughs innovation and kind of figure that out could be a combination of both as well so i'm open to those yeah, things i think it is a combination of both i mean yeah. to, to first of all to start just as a history lesson as you probably know the internet was created by our military our government so it's yep. not as if private yep. sector got together and built the internet the government built the internet al gore did no yeah al gore having passed some legislation right but the fact is that that it was it was a basically military and academic and uh and defense industries got together in the sure. 60s to create a network and that evolved into what we now call the internet that's where a lot of our stuff has come from too when we look at uh tech and these yeah. breakthroughs now here's the thing that kind of worries me we're in a complete state of disruption right now anything and everything's being disrupted and when it comes to tech <laughs> i mean look at this fisker uh, this this is the electric car maker that kind of went out of business a while back. They've come out and said that they have a solid state battery breakthrough for electric cars, 500 miles, one minute charging. That completely changes the wow. game. In the middle of this, um, when Tesla is kind of and Elon Musk is building these big uh, battery plants, I mean, if they've completely in a split second. So if we went in and is government and decided to citizens, we're going to build this and we're going to put all these wires down. That technology, by the time we start working on it, has already changed. No, you're making a very good point. And one of the reasons, when government regulates, it, it, it should never micromanage technology. In other words, they can create broad goals like we shall have um, cars that don't require gasoline. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But it, the government theoretically could say that by 2050, we're not going to have – you know, we're going to try to eliminate – we're going to try to eliminate fossil fuels. It could say that. But it should not say what type of battery technology because mm-hmm. who knows whether batteries are going to remain – maybe good or it's going to be hydrogen or – I don't know, maybe we'll beam power down from the sun. You know, we'll figure out a way to have solar cars. When government tries to micromanage the actual technology, it almost always screws up because it can't adapt quickly enough. And you don't want engineers sitting around looking at law books when they should be developing new technology. So you're absolutely right that that you have to avoid government putting its thumb on that scale. But that doesn't mean it can't set broad policy. You know, in terms of where it thinks we should be going um, in, in a general way, uh, and, and it's tricky. Even broad policy, I mean, it can backfire. Believe me, I, I've seen many government laws that are very well intended to have uh, negative consequences. We see it all the time, so I don't want to be naive about that. Larry Magid, net neutrality. It is a, a complex uh, issue, but I thank you for trying to break it down for us and really kind of helping us kind of understand this a little bit better. We'll continue to keep you updated with the FCC and uh, and where this conversation continues in the future. Larry'sWorld.com, great blog. We appreciate you being here, Larry. And there'll be an article about this in a couple of days on Larry'sWorld.com. Thank hey, you. Have a happy Thanksgiving. You too. Happy Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble gobble gobble. As I say. But that's the way the government is. Hey, uh, I, I like to be as uh, balanced on this stuff as I can. So when I look at this, uh, I see the government is kind of like us at Thanksgiving. It'll come back for seconds and thirds. And if you let them kind of uh, have a little bit here, they'll come back and take another bite there. They want leftovers. They want to eat up all your pie. So uh, the problem is, is when you start getting government involved in these things, uh, and c- certainly to Larry's point, uh, the government is responsible for the Internet. But that was because we needed it for a defense tool at that point. 
It's like, you know, the best thing, and I think still, you know, the Internet's great and everything, but the best thing we've gotten out of all, if you look at all the government projects, right, every single one of them, I think you got to go to the Space Project, right? The spa- Go to NASA. Uh, it, yeah, Velcro's great. Yeah, throw that in there. But I'm telling you, there is no better innovation in the history of man uh, developed by a government project than Tang. There's just nothing better. Tang is a you remember Tang, right? My grandma used to have the Tang. Nothing like grandma's Tang. She had it in like the uh, in the cupboard. She had the Tang in the cupboard. She'd she'd whip it out every now and then. She she'd whip that cupboard open and she'd she'd pull the Tang out. Oh man, we had the Tang when I was a kid. Because when I was a kid, you just it was like water. We didn't really drink. A, a lot of soft drink, kind of soda, pop, Coke, whatever you want to call it. We didn't drink all that when I was a kid. She did the iced tea. She did like a mint. She did a mean mint iced tea. And she, this was grandma. This grandma could cook. Oh, my dad's mom. Oh, she could cook. We called her mom mom. Isn't that funny? Some of the grandma names, the grandmother, grandfather, grandpa names we have. It was mom mom. And then her her uh her husband that I never get to meet, he died before I, I was born. His name was Papa. Mom, Mom and Papa. But Mom Mom could cook, man. She made the green beans. Oh my gosh. Green beans that were and they, they had to cook for hours and hours, and this is how you make the really good green beans, right? And I think there's some sort of bacon or ham in there. So a little a little onion, but they just cooked and cooked and cooked. God, I wish I knew, uh, you know, as a kid, I wish I'd like kind of paid attention to some of this. I was way too young at the time. But uh, she made the, uh, she had the iced tea, threw some mint in there. She had like a mint, uh, a bush or something, a mint. What do you call that? It's not a, it's not a tree. It's like, there's like bush. I, I just remember growing on the ground. She had a patch, a mint patch. And then she'd go out and pull that mint and then we'd put it in the tea. Oh man, nothing better on a hot summer day other than Tang. Tang was the, uh... <laughs> but that's it. The government getting involved with things. You got to be careful, right? The government's role, this is how I see it. Government's role is to stand out of the way and maybe grease the skids. You got the highways created here, plow the roads, keep the roads open, you know? You got snow falling coming down. You got to plow them every now and then. You might have to do a little bit of uh, repair on the roads to be able to let private sector come in and make it as easy as possible for them to to just get the job done and innovate. And the marketplace wins out at the end of the day. There are things I think that need to take place here and there. We got to watch. We got to be careful on certain things. But regulations, we got to be careful. We got to be kind of balanced on our approach to that sort of thing. Because in the end, this is where we are now. Technology will, and the the evolution, the innovation, technology, the new wars, the wars of the future will be fought using technology. We're already seeing it, cybercrime, Russia, China, all these hackers, North Korea. We're already seeing it. Speaking of hackings, uh, some of these hacks you may not have heard about. Some of them you may be affected by. We'll talk about that next. Anything you want to... Chime in on as well, 888 is the number. Joining us next, 
Justin at JustinBarkley.com, the email. You can join in there. In for Pat Gray today. It's Justin Barkley. This is The Blaze. Pat Gray. Unleashed. The Blaze Radio Network. Gray. Justin Barkley from Pat Gray on the Blaze. Yeah, we were just talking about off the air here. Sometimes we have conversations off the air. Uh, and just the latest article pulled up here, Megan Kelly talking about her experience with Charlie Rose. And I said, you know, it's funny because uh, if you read that whole article, you know, the headlines were written and everything, but if you read the whole article, uh, you get into the fact she's just mad because uh, he grilled her on her book. And about sexual assault or harassment experiences with Roger Ailes. And each guy grilled her, and she's like, well, now I know why. So Megan Kelly, let me get this straight, just mad because somebody was actually giving her a tough interview. That's that's why. Not really the same thing, Megan. I appreciate you trying to relate here. Not really the same thing. Just throwing that out there. Boy, I got to tell you, though, people in Hollywood, people in the media, they got, they got it tough. You know what I mean? Really got it tough. Look at Kathy Griffin. I mean, here she is. She's making a video, by the way, in her back, back, back at her house, back off tour in her home. Million dollar. I think it's like a ten million dollar home, by the way. It's like in Malibu. I'll look that up. But here she is talking, by the way, about her experiences. Now she's she's been blacklisted. And guys, guys, you got to see the video. I'm saying guys because that's what she says in the video. But you got to see the video. This look that she's got going or he's got going now is really not the best look. Megan or Kathy Griffin, anyway. I just want you guys to know I'm fully in the middle of a blacklist. Like, Mm. I am in the middle of a Hollywood blacklist. It is real. I am not booked on any talk shows. I'm selling tickets. That's the truth. By the way, hashtag the struggle is real. I am not booked on any talk shows. I mean... (laughs) Guys, struggle's real. Wide, which is really hard when you don't have any kind of a television platform Mm. and kind of nobody has your back and everyone thinks you're crazy. So I just want you guys to know, when I get home, I do not have one single day of paid work in front of me. And people that want me to go back and start in clubs and do 10 minutes again, I don't mean to be an asshole, but no. I'm not going to do that. I've- yeah, yeah, let, let Kathy, let me just break it to you. There are people that won't eat tonight, and you're complaining about not not knowing where you're going to be booked next month or whatever it is. When did we? When, I don't understand. When did we all of a sudden like you know what? You are entitled to your million dollar bookings, and you're entitled to your your mansion. Like I don't care if you have that stuff. Good for you. Go work for it. Oh, it's harder now to get the work. Oh, it must be so tough. You know, people have found a way to, like, look at a guy like Joe Rogan, who, by the way, I, I have immense respect for. This guy has killed it on his own. He's, making, he's got his podcast. He's got He's out there, like, killing it using the YouTubes and the podcast and the social medias. You're, t- you're crying because you don't have a platform. These people are out there figuring out how to do it on their own, and then this is, but the guys... Blacklist, it's real. 
worked way too hard yeah. to go back and work for free. I gotta, I gotta roll that back. She's, she's, she's worked way too hard, guys. So, and people that want me to go back and start in clubs and do ten minutes again, I don't mean to be an asshole, but no, I'm not going to do that. I've worked way too hard to go back and work for free and do the club scene again because this is some bullshit. Because I've been blacklisted. This is why you've been blacklisted. Everything that's coming out of your mouth right now. You're not funny. You're entitled. And people don't like you because you're a moron. This is it. This is it. Kathy, I don't know. I don't know how out of touch with reality. Like, seriously, I almost think you need to be medicated. This is delusional. Now, I don't know if it's delusional to the point you're going to hurt yourself, like you're in you're danger of hurting yourself or anyone else, but this is just a complete out of touch with reality. By the way, the video is priceless. Because as I said, she's standing in her multi-million dollar mansion shooting it, talking about how woe is me, Times is tough. My legal bills are through the roof, obviously, <laughs> because I'm doing something I really believe in. I only have seven more shows left on this tour, oh. and I'm not going to lie. It's going to be hard when I go home, and I don't have one show in my future. It's going to be hard. Get out of here. Get out of my face. So, no, I don't do... I know I'm being a but no, I don't want to do free shows. Hey, at least I don't you want know to do it. Someone's fifty-person club. You know what I mean? So no, I don't. Do, I know I'm being. A but no, uh, that part. At least she's not delusional. There. At least she realizes what she's being. Who is she talking to? The people that go and buy the tickets to come to your. Do you think they have like you know million-dollar homes that they're living in that, uh, you know, that they got to worry about. No, they're going to jobs every single day to earn that money to come give it to you so you can talk smack like you are right now and go cry and whine on your wah 2018 tour. Wah! Hey, it's Kathy Griffin. Come see me. Wah! Coming up 2018. All the dates are listed at my website at wah.com. I don't know how we'd spell that, but we'll figure it out. Dr. Dahlia joins us next. DrDahlia.com. She is a uh, an awesome doctor who walks us through holiday heart. Be careful. The struggle is real when you come. This is first world problems, though. When it comes to eating too much, drinking too much. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, Justin Barkley in for Pat Gray today. Triple A nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Getting up, gearing up, going into the weekend, and of course, uh, a big Thanksgiving <laughs> holiday. I'm scared though, and uh, <laughs> so should you. You should be very deathly afraid. Uh, on to clear this up though, because uh, I'm hearing about on the media's all this stuff about the news. You know, I don't know if it's fake news or real. Holiday heart syndrome. According to this, an irregular heartbeat in individuals who are otherwise healthy, it can be the result of stress, dehydration, drinking, and cold temperatures. I got all that in November during Thanksgiving. 
with the family. Dr. Dahlia, Dr. Dahlia Wax joins us right now, drdahlia.com. She is the bomb.com <laughs> when it comes to uh, uh, <laughs> medical professionals. And Dr. Dahlia, i got to ask you, uh, is this real? And what? And what, what I mean, because it sounds like it's a real thing, and I could be. I, I'm, I'm at risk right now. It is. I know we all are at risk. I, you know, I always thought it was the stress of the in-laws. You know, you got to spend four days with family you don't want to, and you're eating a lot, and you're not getting the exercise, and you're not, you know. And so I, I always thought it was it was that. But holiday heart syndrome is pretty serious, and one of the reasons why I was always open. Uh, throughout the Thanksgiving holiday and, and around Christmas, and I rarely went out, is because it's a very, very delicate time for people. And so, and and you name, you listed a whole bunch of reasons, and there's even more. Like, for example, somebody gets the flu, they're at risk for a heart attack and stroke. And oh. so we're coming into flu season. If somebody um, doesn't get their medicine refilled for their heart medication or diabetic medication, et cetera, and their doctor goes out of town, and everybody tries to rush into the doctor when they're sick during the wintertime, and the doctor's not in, they're out of their medicine. Or if they forget to pack their medication, then you throw alcohol on top of that. You throw the stress of traveling. You throw the cold weather. You throw um, snow shoveling. People will get heart attacks shoveling snow. This is one of the deadliest times of year for the heart. And and so it's um, it's it's something that the media doesn't talk about, and I'm really glad that you are, Justin, because it's such an important topic. Uh, breaking news. There is a congressman uh, who is apologizing right now in Texas for sending out nudes and illicit text messages to a woman. And he's apologizing for the graphic image first revealed by a Twitter user. He's a Republican. Uh, sending a message, I want you so bad right now, and uh, this is via TMZ. The picture that they have, I, I please do not go. I'm just seeing it right now. Do not go, mm-hmm. whatever you mm-hmm. do, and look at it yourself. It's disgusting. It's graphic. Quite an angle here. Who the heck would do this? And what an idiot. Qu- Tell me, we have this, uh, it, well, we'll get back to Holiday Heart, but how come, let's let's deal more with a, a different yeah, kind yeah, of anatomy. Absolutely. Dr. Dyer, how come uh, we got a lot, so many politicians and all the other people uh, thinking with something else uh, rather than their brains these days? You know what? It was very interesting. In fact, I interviewed uh, Leanne Tweeden on my show. She was the one that came out about Al Franken. She was the one where Al Franken had forcibly kissed her and, and stuff. And, you know, I, I had told her, I go, this is my concern. You know, this representative Joe Barton that TMZ is talking about right now, or Charlie Rose, or Harvey Weinstein, any of these people, Al Franken, why do they think they are sexy enough for there to be a recipient who wants their tongue in their mouth or wants to see this picture that we're looking at right now? I mean, like Harvey Weinstein coming out of a shower. Why would he think somebody would want to look at that and not laugh? I believe there's narcissism or even delusions involved in these people who think that they are that sexually attractive that a Playboy Playmate or a model or a or an or a star or an aspiring actress would want to receive that sort of sexual assault or or their tongue for that matter. And so I really think there's a sickness out there and you know and mind you there's a lot of guys out there, and I feel sorry for them, that, you know, have, you know, gotten frisky and grabbed a bike, and they are really freaked out right now that they are going to be accused. And I get that. Nick Carter has now been accused of uh, sexual assault and rape by an actress that he said he had a consensual 
encounter with. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are freaked out as to, am I going to be accused when it was consensual? And a lot of women are freaked out going, well, no one's going to believe me. And so it's a mess. It is a mess for all sides. And, um, you know, every day, I guess Kevin Spacey is now being investigated um, in London uh, for now multiple um, allegations of assault when he was um, at the Old Vic uh, and running that. And so it's, um, it's never ending. And you have people out there that are probably guilty, but then you have people out there that might have, you know, had a consensual encounter and um, somebody out there is saying, no, you know what, I really didn't want it at the time. And how do you know? How do you prove your innocence? You're guilty until proven innocent. But this, like with this representative, uh, we're seeing the picture. Uh, there's no debate about that one. This picture, by the way, uh, here's what they're saying. The Twitter user who posted the naked shot in graphic text claims to have several videos of this guy doing something that you won't want to see. Tagged with Twitter accounts of uh, the president and Senator Ted Cruz. It's unclear if the tweeter is the woman who he admits sending the photos to, by the way, because he says, "Why?" this is his statement, while separated from my second wife. Okay, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, hold on. <laughs> All right, pause there. Prior to the divorce, I had sexual relationships with other mature adult women. Each was consensual. Those relationships have ended. I understand uh, those kind of things can happen. But is this something? I mean, uh, that you're that you're gonna. I mean, that anybody. I, I don't. I have never done this. I've got a piece of tape over the camera on my laptop right now because that's just how I roll. Like I don't know. I don't want people to see. God only knows. You know, like what? Who's looking at what and who's also, doing it? Also, someone of your stature too, Justin. I mean, it, it's like anybody who's famous, anybody who who is is you know well known in the public eye. Could be at risk of somebody saying, look, we were at a party and, you know, you went to second base or you went to third base and I didn't want to. And, you know, being a woman in the fields that I've been in, uh, I, you know, I haven't done the Me Too hashtag. And it, it, I mean, I think almost every woman out there could be a Me Too. And I've had multiple things done to me at some period of time. And I never felt like I could come out. And I felt like even if I did, it wouldn't have changed anything and it wouldn't have you know, reversed it. And many times I felt like it was my fault. I was like, well, you know, I am more curvy. So my boob was there and, you know, yeah, he touched it, you know, and and so you come up and you try to justify it because you're psychologically traumatized by it. But then on the other hand, you know, I, you know, somebody touching a butt uh, to me, you know, I, I, it's, it's not anything I would want to ruin someone's life for. But when, you know, when you have like the case like Al Franken, somebody thrusting their tongue into your mouth, possibly giving you herpes, possibly giving you HPV, that's not only assault, that's battery. And so, you know, these women coming out, you know, bless them for doing so and, and, and sharing their stories. But right now it is going to be very, very confusing because, you know, and again, I don't know the whole story with this representative, but for him to send a picture doing these things, you you wonder, did he really think the recipient wanted it? And either A, the recipient did, and they were in a consensual relationship. No, 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 no. Here's the answer. Was it? Uh, yeah, Doc, go ahead. here's the answer. To any guy that wants to send any picture of any of that stuff to any girl, they don't want it. <laughs> Trust me, they don't oh want God. that picture. <laughs> they don't want that picture, dude. Do not do it. Michael Fassbender, why did he think she or he or whoever received that wanted oh. that? I, you, know, I, you know, but then again, on the other hand, some people do get drawn in, and there's also sting.
hunting operations out there. You yeah, know, like send no, me a picture true. of yourself. So yeah. then you do. You're like, wow, she really wants to see me, and now they got some meat on you. And I'm not, I'm not saying that that's what happened in this case, but there's all these different scenarios yeah. that many people out there are, are, are thinking, oh my gosh. I mean, uh, somebody asked me for a picture of it, and I sent it because they asked me, is that assault? See. Oh, I'm sorry I did not use better judgment during those days. I'm sorry that I let my constituents down, he says. Uh, he served 32 years in the House, by the way. And again, this is not the same thing necessarily that we're talking about with an actual an assault. You know, they're different in varying degrees of right. this. Right. But holy cow. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned narcissism and delusion and we had, uh, I just played a little bit of Kathy Griffin complaining and whining uh, that she's been blackballed and uh, she mm-hmm. she's she's having a hard time getting work these days. By the way, she does it from her multi-million dollar uh, mansion in yeah. Malibu, the video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's really, it's just, yeah. I mean, you got to feel the heart just, uh, <laughs> in the, it, it just goes out to Kathy there, but uh the, the the delusion. I'm I think we're really starting to get a taste. I think everybody's being exposed, and God forbid in the in the this photo here uh, especially. But everybody's being exposed <laughs> nowadays. That that the light is like finding its way into the cracks, and it's happening faster and faster. And we're starting to realize, like you know, you always think like you got to be crazy to run for all. Like you really do. The the that's the bottom Why? line is to be to be successful at anything. Doc, I mean, you got to be a little crazy. I got to be a little crazy to think I can get on the radio and talk about something. People are going to care about it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And you do the mm-hmm. same thing. You have to be crazy to think you can go, go to medical school. You have to be kind a bit, you know. And the, I think the you have to be yeah, crazy to think to you can be the president. Sort of com- right, right. Yeah. You have to have some sort of confidence. You have to have some sort of cojones. You have to. I, I know it just. Right. It, uh, you know, but there's but a I, balance. It, there's yeah. like a balance. There has to be some sort of balance, like. A humility built in somewhere where it's like, you, you know, I'm just grateful that I have the opportunity. That's one of the things that I, like every morning, I sit down and I use this little thing called a five-minute journal. I've got it on my blog if you want to check it out. But it's Ooh. it's a it's a little five-minute journal that really focuses you quickly on, like, the three things you're most grateful for. You know, uh, there's a little quote in there. And then you, you, you talk about, like, you write down, like, what you're looking forward to and that sort of thing. And one of the things that I try to do every morning is just try to focus on like what's good right now, like what is, uh, and and one one of the things I wrote today was just just the opportunity to come on the air and do and do this show and talk and hang out and and uh, who knows if I'll ever be invited back. But the point the point is is like well, you said, I hope so. I hope so. I love listening to you. You have to have that little dose of the humility with that confidence. Yeah. And that, cra- you know, I think you got to be crazy to think you're going to be able to do some of the things that successful people do and, and they're able to pull off. I want people to take risks. I want people to innovate. When somebody tells Elon Musk he's crazy to think he's going to go to Mars, I want to see him do it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. but you have to have a bit a bit of that humility in there, too, because otherwise you end up on TMZ. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, and it's. um. And, and one thing that's really, really hard for people to take is, you know, you'll watch movies in the 80s and the 90s, et cetera. And, you know, what happened back then and how people talk to each other and how people, you know, you can't do in this day and age. But one thing that's a huge disconnect now 
is people are afraid that if they did do something, and we're talking about the minor offenses like grabbing a tush, if they did do something, are they now going to lose their career, lose their job, lose their life, basically, uh, because something they did in the 90s comes out? And, um, I, you know, I, I'm not sure what the answer is. You know, butt grabbing was never okay. It just it wasn't a capital offense at the time. And so if people come out saying, well, look, this happened to me, this happened to me, um, you know, there, there, there's a lot of anxiety now. You know, we're talking about holiday hearts. This is probably, you know, even though the Hillary Trump uh, election was very anxiety producing right until the end, um, you know, this is probably this news cycle has been just uh, very stressful. And so, uh, you know, it, uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the answer is. The good news is, is hopefully now Holly, uh, Hollywood executives, CEOs will know now, look, this behavior is going to come back to haunt them for decades on end. And so hopefully this, the good to this is, you know, this type of behavior that has been, you know, um, um, uh, you know a thorn in our sides and, and been um, – you know, uh, uh, weighing on, on us women for, for decades will hopefully be something no more. But uh, there's going to be a lot of casualties and maybe a lot of innocent people taken down with them. I apologize for that, uh, that, that little side road we went off on, that tangent. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break. Dr. Dahlia, Dr. Dahlia Wax, drdahlia.com joins us. We'll continue talking about with the, the stuff that I wanted to talk about earlier, which is the holiday heart. It is an issue. Uh, Dr. Dahlia, there's something else that we need to know about today that's very another thing, because these are the things the media tells us to worry about. Blackout Wednesday, and it's happening. Today is actually Blackout. You have you have uh, Black Friday, right? But today is Blackout Wednesday. You need to know about this. And then I think the most pressing question of our uh, of our time, uh, if not uh, the day, is stuffing or dressing. Dr. Dahlia answers that when we come back right after this. In for Pat Gray today. Pat Gray Unleashed. It's Justin Barkley on the Blaze. You're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. Follow Pat on Twitter at Pat Unleashed and send him your thoughts using the hashtag TellPat. The Blaze Radio Network. Here on the Blaze Radio Network. Barclay on the Blaze in for uh, Pat Gray today. Unleashed, unleashing the all the things we're going to worry about. You know, it's like uh, that old thing you watch the, the the local news. Something in your kitchen could kill you, and it's all about like the dirty sponge or whatever. You know, tonight at eleven. Well, uh, that's what we're talking about. Holiday heart. It's like a real thing, and there are real stats to back this up. Apparently, you could die, but the more people have heart attacks during the month of November or December than any other time of the year, they say. Uh, Dr. Dahlia, Dr. Dahlia Wax joins us right now, drdahlia.com. Appreciate you being here, Doc. Anytime. Thanks, Justin. We were just talking about that, and there's something else that I feel is also very concerning. Blackout Wednesday. Thanksgiving mm-hmm. Eve. Blackout Wednesday, busiest bar night of the year, one of the one of them anyway, they say. Uh unofficial holiday. It's almost as bad as St. Patty's, maybe even New Year's Eve when it comes to binge drinking. Uh what do people need to look out for? Uh, you know, 
one thing about Thanksgiving holiday, whether you have to deal with the family or not, whether you like the holiday or not, many people are off work. And being off work allows you to start your weekend early. And so having possibly four days off, which some of us get, not in radio, but for some of us may get, um, is an impetus and an incentive to party it up. And so uh, Blackout Wednesday is this phenomenon that um, you actually clued me in on uh, uh, early on. And, um, you know, people like to drink, people like to party. And it basically, basically, we are kicking off the holiday season today. So um, it's a concern because high alcohol content raises blood pressure, puts people at risk for stroke, could increase risk of heart attack. Plus, with alcohol, some of us that have legalized marijuana may dabble in that as well. Um, we can have dangerous driving practices. And so it, it's, it's a very scary time, you know. And so it's, uh, uh, it's a real thing. And, it, you know, it, we don't want to put a damper on people's holidays. But, unfortunately, people can be doing stupid things. Then, of course, a nice big turkey dinner the next day helps with the hangover. But, uh, you know, people need to make sure they don't do stupid tonight. The last thing I want to do is go out and get blitzed. Now, when I was a kid, this was completely different. But uh, go out and get blitzed tonight, come up with a hangover and then have to sit with family the next day. I don't get right. it. I don't understand it. You know? Right. But but I'm getting old and I'm doing weird things. Like, you know, when I get old, like uh, I feel like I'm doing, I'm turning into my dad kind of, which is weird, Um, you know, because I was adopted. So I, there's nothing genetic there happening. It must just be all this learned stuff that's back in my, my brain somewhere, you know? Well, you know, I think a lot of us were affected by, you know, hearing about David Cassidy dying. You know, and, and those of us that remember him, you know, I was really young, but I mean, he was a teen idol. He was on top of the world. He was so gifted, so talented. And, you know, when you see that alcohol puts somebody in 67 is young, puts mm. somebody in liver failure and yeah. multi-organ failure, you start to go, you want to know what, maybe uh, getting drunk uh, like we did in our 20s isn't the smartest thing to do now that we're in our 40s or 50s or 60s. And so, you know, we get wise. They say youth is wasted on the young. And it's because, you know, the older we get, we realize, no, 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 I don't want to do that to my body. And mm-hmm. so um, I, I think, you know, things like that really affect us. And alcohol does kill. I, it, it, yeah. it does. It puts us at risk for cancer, heart disease, et cetera. I can't drink like I used to either, even if I wanted to. I mean, I just can't do mm-hmm. it. I mean, I feel, I first of all, I get tired. It's like, I can't stay, I can't stay up. Uh, you know, I have a drink. It's like, all right, time to go to bed. <laughs> Good night, everybody. You know, uh, and then the next, the next thing is, is like, gosh, I mean, I, I, if I do, if I try, man, the next day I feel like I got hit by a Mack truck. You know, it's true, and and our bodies do that on purpose because they don't want us to drink. You know, our our bodies, our our bodies know what to do. Just like you know, when you sprain your ankle, the ankle swelled up. And it hurts. Well, that's your body's way of not wanting you to use that ankle so it could help repair the damage. Same thing with alcohol. You start to get these these uh, metabolites that start to circulate or this acetaldehyde that builds up. Acetaldehyde seems to be a, a big culprit in us feeling hungover. And, um, and, you know, for those of us that don't know how to break it down as well, it circulates and it makes us feel sick. And so, um, you know, our body knows what to do. When your body receives something that it doesn't want, it'll either throw it up, have diarrhea, or release other metabolites to make you sleepy or not want that substance anymore. And um, the problem is, is when we get older, our defense mechanism may not be as good as it needs to be. Dear God, it's all starting to make sense now, Dr. Dahlia. I can't believe yeah. it. 
Uh, you're putting yep. a bait. Ba- you know, the other thing about it, too, is uh, this was pointed out to me a while back. Flu season starts you know, started right around this time, and it, mm-hmm. it happens on the holidays when we're eating a lot of weird stuff and we're eating too much. We're sitting around a lot. We're indoors. You know, it's colder mm-hmm. outside, so we're sitting around indoors. And then we do a lot of drinking, too. And nice. that kind of those are all contributors to like the flu season. We, we we're, our our immune systems are down and stuff. So you start to see people get sicker, and I think call in sick a lot a lot of, around these times. The stress, Absolutely. as you mentioned earlier, you know. Yeah, we're um, a lot more vulnerable. You know, another thing too is a lot of employers their sick leave bank starts January one. And so mm. a lot of people run out of their sick leave. They use their sick leave whether they were sick or not, or you know, mm-hmm. you know, yep. you know, BS the headache or whatever. They use up their sick leave. So here we are now in the dead, you know, starting to come into the dead of winter, flu right. season. People run out of their sick leave, so they show up to work. Oh, it's the worst. I tell people just don't come in. Just what are you doing? Huh? Don't do it. You're going to get everybody else sick. By the way, uh, they got this survey here: the worst excuses for taking a sick day. And I guess. Forty percent of workers have done that during the past twelve months, taking a sick day. I can't say that I have. I don't think I have. I'm pretty yeah. healthy. Uh, yeah, up five percentage way. points from a year earlier, according to Career Builders annual survey. You want to know? Here's some of the weirdest excuses. You want to know who some of these are? A mm, bear. Yeah. Here's one. A bear was in an employee's yard, and they were afraid to come out. <laughs> <laughs> Employee's phone exploded. I don't think he's lying. You know, who would lie about that? Yeah, no, no, you can't make that up. That's real. That that really happened. Here's one, though. And they could take pictures, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You could have the picture. So, yeah, there's some proof. Employee's phone exploded and it hurt their hand. All right, that one was weird. Uh, Employee ate a toothpick in his his food at a restaurant. Yeah, that's a little strange. Employee broke his arm wrestling a female bodybuilder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one employee called in quote unquote fat because the uniform didn't fit uh a dog swallowed employee's car keys so she was waiting until it came out and uh there's just i got a whole list we'll, we'll continue some of these later doc before i let you go we got to pause for a break here about in the hour um I, is it stuffing or is it dressing in your house this is the big debate oh man stuffing I love stuffing. It's so yummy and juicy stuffing. Hand down, hands down. Oh no! All right. You know how it's dressing. Dressing is like salad dressing. But then again, do you actually? Like yeah, but do you actually stuff the bird with it? With the with the dressing or, or with the yeah. stuffing? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you stuff it because then all the fat See, and the juices and the yeah. Mm. Okay, Doc, Doctor uh, Doctor Dolly. I think she just. I think we had a Freudian slip there because she said, "Do I stuff the bird with the dressing?" So there you go. You called it what it really is. Doc, I appreciate you as always. DrDahlia.com. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless. God bless you too. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, got a great radio show. You tune in and check her out too if you want. I love uh, love being able to uh, talk to some of these folks during the holiday season. She's on the iHeartRadio app where you can listen to The Blaze as well. Quick break when we come back. Talking about gratitude and Thanksgiving. Good friend of mine. We talked to her earlier this week, the empowered mom, Maria Lucci, talks about how you can kind of keep this gratitude growing throughout the entire season. How do you teach your kids to be thankful all year round? We'll get into that next. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. You can join us too on the Blaze. In for Pat Gray Unleashed. It's Barkley. Pat Gray. 
The Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Major issues of the day, stuffing your dressing, being addressed right now. Uh, this uh, this debate rages, it continues. I feel like I'd turn on CNN or Fox and, and see the scroll head across the bottom, stuffing or dressing. They should be debating this kind of stuff right on the floor of the House or the Senate. C-SPAN should be covering this. Uh, we'll continue, by the way. Uh, you can tweet me at Mr. Justin Barkley on Twitter. Love to hear from you over in the uh, Pat Gray Unleashed Club that's uh, that's on Facebook in the group. That's kind of cool. Saying hi to everybody over there. Always a pleasure and an honor to be in for Pat and uh, to be hanging with you pre-Thanksgiving. This is a good time of year. Whether you do the Black Friday shopping or not, I think you could still be grateful and go out and uh, run around and try and grab prices on the crazy uh, big screen TVs and things like that. That's okay. You can do it both. But there's an opportunity here to teach your kids a couple of things. And a good friend of mine, Maria Maria Lucci, the Empowered Mom, theempoweredmom.com. We had her on earlier this week, but Maria wanted to bring you back on just to talk a little bit, if we can, about how we teach our kids to be grateful all year long. Welcome back. We appreciate you, Maria. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, yeah, you know, this is the time of year of reflection and and thankfulness and 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 that's great because people really do take the time and you do start teaching your kids you know that these are the traditions we're thankful for family et cetera et cetera et cetera right but we do need to extend an attitude of gratitude all year long because kids don't need to see it just once a year mm. because that's not how we want them to see that. We want them to live that in their everyday lives, just like many of us do. And there's lots of things you can do. It can start at the dinner table every single night. We do this with our three boys. We will specifically ask them about their, you know, tell us at least one good thing that doesn't have to be limited to mm-hmm. one good thing that, mm-hmm. that, that that happened good today. So you're not like, okay, I'm asking you to be grateful for this. In other words, you you just include it in part of the natural conversation. I like that. You're kind of laying the foundation, sprinkling those seeds in on a on a daily basis. So, what I found uh, in Maria, and you're teaching this to your kids, is that it's a habit. So, thinking of that that way, thinking about uh, things you're grateful for, thinking about the good things, looking for the all of that becomes a habit, and it's uh, something that you can do on the daily to to kind of set that foundation. Well, exactly. I mean, and teaching your kids to say thank you and having manners is good, but truly instilling a sense of gratitude is another matter entirely because gratitude goes beyond just good manners. It's it's actually a mindset, a lifestyle, and becomes a lifelong skill that you're empowering your kids with. Yeah. Here's a great quote by a guy named Doc Thompson who's filling in today for uh, Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck program, and uh, he's a big guy at the Blaze. One of the things Doc says um, 
it, it, and this is a great quote. You want solutions for the daily crap we face, answers to your personal problems, work, what's going on in the news? Being grateful is the beginning. Because when you're grateful, you're actively, consciously counting your blessings. And what that means is there's a natural prioritization of our troubles. And that, in turn, takes a lot of the oversensitivity away, and it helps flush away the claims of victimization. So all this stuff that's going on in the news, it seems like the sky is falling all the time. Mm -hmm. We start to really put into prioritization. Like, what really matters? And are you still breathing? You got a roof over your head? Yeah. Chances are we got, things are a lot better. As I was saying, when I hear about all these first world problems we have and things that we're, we're dealing with on a daily basis, you know what, man? Things must really be good for us to be worrying about this. Back in the day, they were just trying to outrun the lions. Yeah, there, there <laughs> and some of them worked and some of them didn't, so they were grateful they didn't at that's, the end of that day. That's right. But, you know, there's other things you can do. I mean, like, that are because some of the things that kids, especially de depending on their age, and you want to start this small, so they do grow up with this type of mindset and attitude, because things can always be worse. But even in the worst of times, we still can find the silver lining. Mm. Gratitude journals and yeah. just writing down three things. And by the way, it starts with you, the parent. Mm -hmm. You have to show gratitude. You have to be an example of gratitude. And, you know, um, we, have, we have a gratitude jar. And so we'll put just like that. these little notes in there of what we're grateful for. So, you know, at any time somebody needs a little pick-me-up, or um, you've had a stressful day or something happened at school, they can go in there and pick out one of these little notes, and then it's like a reminder. Oh, that's right. You know, I'm really thankful I have, my, you know, my cousin that I can go play with, or whatever the case might be I, on the note. I absolutely it, love that. Yeah, yeah, it turns it around for you. And, look, you know, look for those teachable moments for kids so that if, if there's a, an example of something, then you can actually then relate. Here's, here's a real-life situation, and here's the gratitude for it. Mm. Then that really connects with them. And, you know, a lot of people do this this time of year. We teach this throughout the year. It's just one of my personal platforms is service. Mm. Philanthropy, mm -hmm. volunteering, and giving back. Because focusing on somebody else and, and, and helping somebody else really takes you away from your and out of your head and your problems, right? Yeah, and again, a lot of people do it at just specifically at the at Thanksgiving, and, and that's great because, you know, there's so many people that don't have the help or the food or, or anything that they need, and, mm -hmm. and that is good. But we can do that year, year long. Mm. And then just one other quick one that is so simple, the good old-fashioned thank you notes. Mm, I love that, sending those. And by the way, I'm going to send one to you right now. <laughs> right now, this very second, you're v writing it. Via the radio, I'm sending you one. <laughs> thank you, Maria, for being here with us. You're always so much fun to come in and hang out, unfortunately. Uh, we're, we're short on time. But thank you so much for being here with us. And I want you and your family to have a happy Thanksgiving. And I just want you to know, uh, thank you for that. And I am grateful for you as well. And happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. That's what I got to say about that. You know, and I was really struck by that, uh, that comment about the, the gratitude that uh, Doc had made earlier. You know, I think that's interesting to explore that a little bit more. 2012, I lost my job, my dream job. I'd worked in uh, Detroit. Matter of fact, I worked with Doc in Detroit. He did a morning show on the news talk station. His studio was was in the next like wall, the wall, like kind of like 
separated between our two studios. And uh, the interesting thing is, is uh, we worked for a crazy company at the time who you would recognize if I told you the name of the, the company. And they didn't always make the best decisions, but uh, it's okay. Because at the end of the day, the decisions that they made ended up being the best thing that ever could have happened to me. My wife and I, we uh, met, we moved to Detroit together, was there for probably like two, maybe two and a half, three years, something like that. And, uh, you know, after we decided we were going to get married in 2011, we got married October 1st, Halloween weekend. I got a job offer to go somewhere else. I said, no, I really like where I'm at. A buddy of mine brought me in, and it was like family. Um, One of my good friends to this day, my one of my best friends. And, you know, I said, I'm going to stick where I'm at. I really, I really like it here. So they re-signed my contract like in November. And in March, March 30th, just a few months later, they decided they were going to fire me. I was winning. Uh, we had a great, great show, great ratings. Things were going well. But they uh, they had to bring somebody new in. They made some management changes. My buddy was gone. They brought somebody new in to run the show. And they uh, they were going to uh, they're going to hire somebody different to, to take my place. All good. No big deal. At the time, it was pretty scary, right? But I also felt like like something better was going to happen. There was a reason why I was supposed to do that. I didn't know why. I didn't. I haven't. You know, I had no clue. I'm still figuring some of this out. It was the best thing that ever could have happened to me in those past five, almost six years. Now I've uh, grown a lot as a person. One of the things I had to to kind of uh, learn is how to be grateful, how to really change. You know, I wasn't always a happy and and, and positive uh, kind of dude. I was a little negative at, at sometimes. You know, I wasn't always a good person. Kind of, uh, I will tell you that, uh, you know, it's, I was kind of a jerk to work for, to it sometimes. Now, it wasn't like John Conyers or uh, Al Franken kind of jerk, though. Not, not like that, but I was. I mean, it was kind of like I was just intense, very focused on what I was doing. And uh, at the end of the day, I think we had to go through these things. We have to learn. We have to have these moments that kind of teach us little things. And we could choose. I mean, I think life, the universe, God, Whatever you want to call it, it's always, always talking. Are we listening is the question. Are we ready to learn that lesson? Are we kind of like at that point where we can be open to it? Just so happens at that point it was. So I try to learn as much as I can every day from something, and I think everybody's got a, something to teach me. And today, boy, oh boy, oh boy, did I learn. Did I learn. <sighs> Man, I got a story I can't wait to share with you next. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. You can jump on the phone with us too before we get out of here. Uh, last break of the day, last break uh, of uh, the show for me. Maybe the last break of all time on the place. You never know. <laughs> no more after this, guys. Anyway, uh, last break, and then uh, we'll kind of uh, we'll kick off the the Thanksgiving pre Thanksgiving festivities, right? The extravaganza. Coming up in just a moment. In for back Ray unleashed on the blaze today. It's Barkley. On the Blaze Radio Network. Pat 
Gray is here. All right, I take back everything I said about that group, the Pat Gray Unleashed group on Facebook, all the good things I take back because uh, so far stuffing is still winning over uh, dressing. And uh, somebody has asked, do you guys know how long it takes to microwave a 25-pound turkey asking for a friend? And no, it's not a joke. It's real. Whatever you do, don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. God. Oh, man. Oh. Not the microwave. You keep, no. No. I think you Yeah, you got to be better off to just like go to the store and get some of those frozen turkey dinner kind of things. <laughs> Put that in the microwave, I guess, you know? So, uh 888 if you want to join the program, you can anytime. Say anything. I don't care. We'll just throw it in there. I mean, heck, it's my last uh, few minutes here. What are they going to do? Kick me off? We'll put you on. I don't care. At Mr. Justin Barkley on Twitter and Justin at Justin Barkley, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y dot com is uh, my email. You can uh, join in. So, I'm talking about life and lessons and gratitude, and boy, I got a big one today. I mean, I really did. I uh, so I do a, a kind of like a nine to nine o'clock, nine to ten here, a local station in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I'm at. Have fun, go in the air. Usually, I get out of town. I uh, cut out like immediately after I'm done. Head out, go home, take care of some other things. I have other uh, business and and whatnot, so it's not my only thing that I do. But I um. I've been sticking around the last couple of days because I come back uh, into another studio here and I've been filling in for Pat. So I'm I'm coming in and I'm like, today I'm not leaving. I'm just going to stay here, but I'm kind of hungry. I'm going to go grab some breakfast. There's this new place. It's right down kind of like the street from me where we are right now. And when I say down the street, I'm downtown. So Grand Rapids is kind of, uh, I mean, it really has turned into a little bit of a thriving metropolis. It's a, it's a decent sized city. Uh, and I'm on the this uh, s- sort of like a brick street uh, in a big building downtown, just so you kind of get the picture. And this this uh, just a couple of doors down from me. New breakfast slash uh, lunch place. Good place. So I'm going to go down there and get something to eat. So I'm walking out the door and I got my bag with me. I got my laptop and everything with me because I'm thinking, OK, I'll do some work when I go in there. I'll sit down, I'll have some food, I'll hang out, and then I will, uh, you know, I'll come back up and, and get ready for the show, be ready. Uh, I could do, you know, do some research and do uh, do some looking some stuff up online while I'm there. So I'm walking, and I see a guy standing on the, the street, and he is like in one of these kind of green, almost like an like an army fatigue, olive green kind of sh- uh, jacket, Um Older black guy. He's, I think he said he was 50. I say he's 50. That's so, so, you know, in that age range. And uh, I see him asking for change. Now, I warn you, I'm telling you this story for a completely different reason of why you think I might be telling this story. I just want you to follow me with this, okay? So at first I look at him and I go, oh, gosh, there's a guy asking for change. And nine times out of ten, I try to just kind of like, 
I'm trying to be a good person. Oh, God, please just let me get past this guy. I'm trying to be nice. Let me smile. You know, I mean, I've learned that you're not really supposed, like, you can't look at people who because they're going to engage or you could say, you know, look, I don't. Usually I don't carry a lot of cash on me or anything. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't have any change or anything. I hit the guy. He sees me. I see him. I smile. How's it going, man? Hey, man, got any change? Looking for some change. Can I say, you know, I don't have any right now. Um, you know, but I'm going into this uh, this place down here. When I come back, I'll make some change. You know, if you're going to be around, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll take care of you. Yeah, I'm going to be here. I'll be here. So I get past him, and I think to myself, gosh, that was stupid. What an idiot. Yeah, I'm getting ready to go into this restaurant. I tell this guy I'm going to go in this restaurant. Oh, yeah, hey, you, hey, you just wait outside while I go in here. So I'm like having that conversation in my head. Like, what a moron. Why did I do that? That was wrong. So I sit down. A guy greets me at the, at the, the uh, when I walk in and he goes, uh, how's it going? I said, just one. And he's like, you want a table or you want to sit at the bar? I said, yeah, table's good. So I sit down. I put my bag down in the chair that's opposite me. My table is facing the window that's looking out onto the street. Well, this guy walks past at some point, and I go, jeez, really? Here I am. This thing that I, I promised that I'm going to start, you know, promised myself, I got it and since 2002. I got to listen. I got to listen. I got to listen. Life, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. For me, it's God. That's just my faith, right? is speaking, saying, look, man, I'm giving you an opportunity to do something cool here. What are you doing? The guy walks past the window. Okay. All right. All right. I listen. I get up. I go to the door. Go to walk outside. I go, hey, man. Are you hungry? Here I am with another great question. The guy's asking for change, but you don't know. Like, does he really need food? Is he just trying to get some booze? I don't know. Is it what's he going to do with the money? And is it even any of my business? I have no idea. Is he homeless? What's the deal? All right, hey man, are you hungry? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am. It's, you, you, you want to come in here and and ha- and, and and have something to eat with me? Yeah, yeah, I would. Okay, man, come on in. So then I walk in, and I feel like every, when I walk back into this restaurant, I feel like every eye on us, like, what is he doing? Because this is kind of like one of these hipster, like, kind of nicer kind of restaurants. Like, it, it, the breakfast food, it's not just like breakfast food. It's like, you know, breakfast food with, like, a hipster-fied breakfast food, like this mushrooms and this, and there's this and that. So, you know, fancy stuff, kind of. So what is he bringing this guy in here? So I sit down. The guy's bringing me water. The waiter's bringing me water. He comes up and he shows up when I when I sit down with the guy that's at the, the table with me and we sit down. And there is a couple between my table, my one, my little table that's two of us, two-seater, and their table is at the window. And he's sitting between us, basically. And um, they are kind of watching all this go down. And in my mind, I'm thinking, 
they're probably like judging, you know, here are these two kids, millennial kind of hipster kids. They're probably judging me for bringing this guy in. But I'm thinking, you know, how dare you? This is the inner dialogue going on in my head. I'm just trying to do something nice here. So I sit down and I, I just sit down and have a conversation with a guy. I, I don't have any motive. I just say, you know, I'm just going to have a con- I think I'm just supposed to have a conversation with him. Buy him breakfast. Let's talk. Over the course of the next, you know, half an hour or so, I, I get to know this guy. Like on a level that you would just get to know anybody. And we start having a conversation. You know, he's no longer just the guy that's on the street you know, asking for change. And I'm no longer just the guy that's like walking past him either with my head down on my phone, trying to avoid the guy or whatever. Right. So we're just connecting as human beings. And he's telling me his story. My mom died. My mom died. She died from heroin. He kept kind of repeating himself. Died from heroin, died from heroin overdose. My grandma died. She she died the same year. She died the same year. Telling me a story. His mom was 14 when she had him. Jock was his name. Jock was pretty proud. He was proud of something that I, that I thought was kind of interesting. He said, you know, I was born on Christmas. It's my birthday coming up. I was born on Christmas. You want to see my driver's license? I said, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to believe him. You tell me you're born on Christmas, I believe you. But I said, yeah, because I felt like he had some pride in that. And he wanted to show me. So he pulls out his driver's license. Sure enough, this guy's got a driver's license or an ID or whatever. I tell you, show me. 1225. 50, 60 something, whatever. He's he's fifty. He's guy said, Oh, you so you're gonna be fifty one coming up. Yeah. In those few minutes Jacques and I spent with each other, we spent together a black man who's fifty, asking for money out on the street, and a white man who is you know almost forty. Just spent talking with each other about nothing and everything all at once. I can't even tell you some of the stuff that we talked about. How good the food was, this, that, and the other thing. There was Jacques was not altogether there. You know, he'd been through some things, but we just shared a moment. Just shared a moment together. And I felt good about it because, you know, I said, uh, I think I, this is what I was supposed to do today. But I just, just didn't know for sure until it was confirmed. That couple that was sitting behind us at the window had left. The server came up, didn't have a check in hand, just said, hey, your meal's been taken care of today. What? Both of you. Your meal's been taken care of. There's nothing. The couple at the window paid for it all. Take a moment. Be grateful. Try not to judge one another. We don't know what we're going through. We have no idea. And just let it all go. Be human for a moment. Be there for each other. And have a happy Thanksgiving. Wishing you the best. JustinBarclay.com if you want to catch up with me. I'm online. Love to see you then. Thank you, Blaze.
Thank you guys back there. Appreciate you. And thank you to Pat for the honor. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.